Ladies and gentlemen. Loki and Mobius forever. Loki and Mobius for 100 years, 100 days. Loki and Mobius. Season 2, Loki and Mobius. <laughs> Adventures of Loki and Mobius.com. <laughs> for this, this is a Fred the Alien Productions podcast. Should I be wailing on the floor just like just like Morty going, oh, 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 oh. We're gonna be we're gonna be watching it in the next lockdown. In the next lockdown, it's gonna be a hundred a hundred lockdowns, hundred lockdowns till we get herd immunity. Oh, lockdowns, lockdowns. <laughs> oh, cue the music. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Conversation anyway. Loud noises! Hello. 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 I'm a Kendall Richardson. Delay. Michael Lister. <laughs> and you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yes. Listening through the ear holes, expanding your minds and body and soul. It's a unique yes. experience podcasting. It is. It is. It's a fun experience. It is. So it much is. fun. It's good. So much fun. It's good. <laughs> It's, it's good to be here to talk nerdy shit. Um, speaking of being here, sadly, you'll notice Fulia is absent from this episode. Wait, um, what? Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. No, no Fulia this week, guys. Um, but that's not to say that there won't be any Fulia because she has uh, gone above and beyond and uh, submitted some notes for us uh, to read out throughout the episode on certain things. So um, watch out for that. Fulia here in spirit so, and in written word. <laughs> so we've so we've got a written note from Fulia for her absence from her parents, and and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. The permission slip has been signed. The absent note has been signed. Uh, yeah, she she's. Uh, She's presented the doctor certificate for the reason she's not here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Doctor Twitch. Doctor Twitch. Yes. Well, that's that's very 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 appropriate. You would say that, Michael. I would. Um, because you would. The reason, of course, the Folia cannot be here is because she is in the middle of a 12-hour stream on her Twitch. Wow. Um. Wow. I believe it's her one year anniversary since becoming, is it an affiliate? I think it's not a partner. It's an affiliate. It's one of those or something else. There's a word There's a, and she's probably yelling at me right now. And I'm sorry. I forgot the word, but I know it's your one year anniversary of that thing. And that's why you're doing a, a 12 hour stream. Um, yes. Yes. Which is very exciting. So she couldn't be here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she's over on Twitch. Not that, you know, you're, this is live for everyone listening, but, you know. It's live for <laughs> us. Fuji and Twitch. <laughs> yeah, it's live for us. It's live for us, so we're sending her love. I'm hoping hoping she's uh, still going strong Yeah, over on her Twitch stream. 
Um, but um, but yeah. Anyway, I, now I'm just like, how do I? How do we keep going? I suppose we'll just <laughs> we throw the folio. yes, Michael, and we then... throw the folio <laughs> and wait. That's where we um, get stuck. That's where we get stuck. Um, I, before we do move into the weekly watchings, um, I will also mention that uh, Mike and I are back in virtual Fred Sheds uh, this week. Unfortunately, Melbourne went, or Victoria, went into another uh, lockdown, another five-day circuit breaker. Another snap. Um, another snap lockdown. So fingers crossed we'll be back in person next week. But, uh, but yeah, we're, we're back to the virtuality of this whole thing. Um, but that's okay. We're still here. Yes. 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 Mm. <laughs> we carry on. All right. Uh, with all that out of the way, I think it's time to get into our weekly watchings and Fulia, uh, who usually leads the charge here, um, has left us a big statement uh, that I'm going to read um, of what she's been watching this week. To whom uh, it may concern. For- to him, it may concern. Uh, hello, everyone. Sorry I couldn't be on this episode, but I'm here in spirit. This week, I managed to catch up on the Bad Batch. Yay! 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 She says, Mike, I hope you're proud of me. Um, so proud. <laughs> so proud. So proud. Uh, I also watched Miss Fisher and the Crypt of Tears, which I really enjoyed. Uh, the film itself was funded through a Kickstarter campaign, and I was one of those awesome people who contributed. Yeah. And, and of course, I watched the final episode of Loki, which will be discussed later in the episode. Enjoy the show, listeners. Oh, she's so sweet. She is. She is very sweet. And it's kind of ironic that she's doing the opposite this week. Instead of we telling people what we watched, she's... Doing the watchers, she's getting people to watch her for 12 hours. Yes, very true. People are watching her right now. Um, It's all very meta. Um, I'm glad she's caught up in Bad Batch. Uh, That's awesome. Um, And um, yeah, I'm surprised it took her this long to uh, watch Miss Fisher and the Crypt of Tears because I remember her talking about that movie uh, when it was in production and when we wa- we did the trailer for it on the podcast a couple of years ago. And, um, yeah, I remember her mentioning she she donated to the Kickstarter for it. And, mm. But I'm surprised it took it took her this long to watch it because I know she loves the Miss Fisher uh, TV series starring Essie Davis. Um, good Aussie television, that one. Yes. Um, yes, we love it. But, yeah, really cool. I'm glad she enjoyed it. Um, yeah, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um what what have you been watching this week? I have also been watching The Bad Batch, and I'm all caught up. Yay, me too. Yay. Uh, that's going uh, very good, I uh, have to say. No yeah. spoilers until we talk about our, our uh, season final wrap-up maybe later yes. in the year. Uh, uh-huh. and, and where is it going? It definitely has, uh, has a feel... Of a sort of outer space A team, and I quite like that. <laughs> Mercenaries. That's in a good space. way to put it. Yeah. What else? Um, uh, I'm not caught up with Modoc, but that's I assume that's going well. I think it's up to 
up to its last episode maybe coming up um yeah that one uh yeah i haven't really been watching much television i've been very busy moving and stuff so mm, life so, stuff yeah so my so my viewing pleasures have sort of gone down and uh and i forgot to watch loki of course You better be playing. <laughs> Did I just give you a heart attack? Yes. <laughs> you knew you you knew you would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I did watch Loki, but we'll talk about that later. And I also and I also watched another movie. Um that's coming up in quicker review. And yeah. What about yeah, you, Kendall? Nice. You you've been watching watching stuff. I've been watching stuff, yeah. I did a lot of watching this week. I mean last week. I was terrible and didn't really watch anything except for Loki. Um, whereas this week, I uh, am also now up to bait. Up, up to bait. That's not how you say it. Up to date on the Bad Batch. This podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Grammarly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored, but we'd love to be. <laughs> nice. Um, yes, I'm up to date in the Bad Batch. I agree, Mike. It's getting real, real good. It just keeps getting better and better as it's going along. Um, I kind of liked this week's kind of two-parter without saying any spoilers. Um, last week and this week's very, very cool. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to having a big, big discussion with you and Fulia on that when it finishes in August. I think it's, it's wrapping up. Yeah. Yeah. Just in time for Suicide Squad. Um, just in time for Suicide Squad. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm up to date on MODOK now as well. Uh, and, yeah, and it's 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 good. Like, it, you know, they just had the penultimate episode, so the last episode's coming out this week. Yeah, I thought so. Um, yeah. And yeah, 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 you were right. Yeah, so it's nearly finished. Um, yeah, I'm, I haven't decided if I'm going to... If, they, if it gets a season two, if I'm going to watch a season two, because I haven't loved it. Um, like, it's fun, but I haven't been like, oh, my God, I have to watch Murdoch sort of thing. <laughs> um, like, I'm just watch, I'm just seeing it out the season and then seeing seeing how I feel. But it's like, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, it's not what I was wanting it to be. Um, speaking of things I wasn't wanting it to be, I did watch The Good, The Bart and The Loki, uh, the short Simpsons thing. Uh, that I didn't, I didn't have time to watch before we recorded last week. Uh, don't and know how. yeah, no, I, I don't know how, cause it literally is like five minutes. Um, that's how, that's how frazzled Kendall was last week. Um, but regardless, I finally watched it. I liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, however, I really wanted it to be a lot longer cause it just kind of felt th- like it was thrown together just because they could like hey we can do this we own the avengers and we own the simpsons all together let's just smash them together let's hulk smash them together um let them smash let them smash uh so like it was fun it was a cool gimmick and and it was great to hear and just to see tom hiddleston as loki in a scene with like homer and bart and lisa and and marge like that was just kind of mind-blowing for me as a lifelong simpsons fan um uh, so I, I I I appreciated when when Loki was interacting with our our you know family we love so much, um, and I enjoyed seeing a recreation of uh, the Hulk smash from Avengers, 
uh, with Ralph. Uh, I think it was Ralph as the Hulk smashing yeah. Loki. Mm. Yeah, that was that was that was pretty amusing. Um, yeah, no, so there was a lot of cool stuff to it. I just kind of wanted more of a story, I suppose, or something a bit longer than what it was. Like it was a very basic kind of thing, but it, it's fun for what it is. It's fun for what it is. Um, yeah, and then uh, other than those things, I just wanted to quickly mention that I finally, finally watched The Nevers, uh, which is the uh, Joss Whedon show uh, that he worked on, uh, you know, created and, 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 and wrote a few episodes, directed a few episodes um, before, you know, shit hit the fan with, with him in the the real world and he departed the show. Um, but it's, uh, but yeah, it's, it's still, I still, I still was like, look, regardless of what I think about him now as a person, I'm, I'm going to, you know, still engage with, with uh, something that he's created because I'm a fan of his creative work. I'm separating the art from the artist, if you will. And um, and I'm glad I did because it's a really good show and it's such an interesting kind of concept, um, like this Victorian era, era superhero steampunk sci-fi thing. Um, like it's, yeah, it's really, really cool. And the cast is amazing. I like... Like a few names I knew, um, but most of them um, were names I wasn't familiar with. So it was cool to see some fresh faces um, as these characters that I really, really enjoyed. Um, and the world building around it is really cool. And then, yeah. So they've only done six episodes of the first season so far. They're releasing the second half of season one uh, next year. It was interrupted because of the pandemic. Um, so there's a bit of a cliffhanger um <laughs> ending sort of uh to the end of the first part but i i really really enjoyed it and i highly recommend if you're you're into kind of i mean if you like joss whedon's previous stuff like buffy and firefly and um and dollhouse you'll you'll definitely get a kick out of out of this but it's just a really good show and like if you want something fresh that hasn't really been like it's been done before in different ways but this is a completely fresh take i suppose um, then yeah, get get around the nevers because yeah, it's uh, it deserves some attention. I think it's very well done. Um, but yeah, there's a few other things, but I won't mention them because we'll be here all day, and we have a lot of podcasts to get through. Yes. So um, yes, so that's me and my watchings this week, which means that uh, it's now time to check in with the week that was in a lot of nerdy news. This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom. The hostess with most S. Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Alrighty, nerdy news time, guys. It's nerdy news time. And we have a lot of really cool things to discuss this week. Um, starting with the big... Big announcement that happened during the finale of season one of Loki. Uh, we're getting a season two uh, confirmed in the show, uh, confirmed with Marvel and Disney. What? <laughs> I thought it was one and done. Yeah, no. No, this is our first first of the Marvel shows to officially get a second season. Uh very, very cool. One division, of course, was a one and done, um, which made a lot of sense 
don't need to reopen that because we know exactly where we're going to see Wanda next. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier has kind of morphed into Captain America 4, so that's a different tale uh, that they're going to tell on the big screen. However, Loki, they have um, decided that they're going to do a second season, um, which just, I was squealing and jumping around like a mad woman i tell you <laughs> when I, I saw that post credit scene that was just oh, it made made my day uh it was amazing um however the only disappointing thing uh to say about season two being confirmed is the fact that um our wonderful director kate heron uh will not be returning uh for the second season um so she directed every single episode of season one um, but she's uh, decided to move on to other projects. Um, no bad blood, no bad behind the scenes, anything going on with her departure. Um, she, this was just season one was just part of the story that she like pitched to Marvel to get the job. And that's the story she wanted to tell. And so she feels like that she's, she's done that and she's excited to do other things. And if Marvel ever decide to be like, Hey, come back and do a thing. She'll definitely come back and do a thing. But right now she's going to take a little Marvel, de- Marvel detour, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so sad to, to see her leaving um, because she's been phenomenal throughout every episode as director, um, in my opinion. So, but yeah, season two. Mike, yes. are you excited? What are your thoughts on this? Well, it's kind of good that they actually put that in the um, post credit scene because um, when when it officially finished, uh, and not to spoil it because we're going to talk about spoilers later, um, mm-hmm. I, um, when it finished, I was absolutely angry because <laughs> I was thinking, well... This doesn't work. It doesn't work if it's just a solo season. There's there's no nope. there's nothing and it's like no, you can't end it like this. No, no, no. No. And I wanted to throw <laughs> my slipper at the TV screen. It's like <laughs> I wasted Fair all enough. this time liking this TV show up to this point and then you decided to pull the rug out and just shit the bed. But it's good that um, they're getting a second season, and it, and it is sad that um, that uh, Kate is no longer returning because she did a fantastic job, and also, uh, yeah, it, it will it will be it, she will be missed, and um, and also unfortunate mm. that um, Tom Hiddleston still has work. So there you go. <laughs> Did you say unfortunately he has, he still has work? Maybe. <laughs> I need to put a joke no. in somewhere. Okay, no, good, good. That's and I'm good. also and I'm also setting up for the next bit. I know that he's getting because, that, because he's getting more work. Because <laughs> he's getting more work. <laughs> he's getting more work. <clears throat> well, potentially. Yeah, we, I'm we here, don't know for sure. I'm here for segways. You're here for segways, and I love you for it. <laughs> I love you for it. Uh, yes, so speaking of the one and only Tom Hiddleston, uh, there were some pretty big rumours uh, circulating from some reputable websites, um, including The Hollywood Reporter, uh, who I trust, um, have all been saying that apparently uh, we'll be seeing Loki in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, next year um marvel or disney or kevin feige or tom himself have not confirmed or denied this at all 
Um, it is complete rumor at this point, but um, it's basically just going on, you know, what happened in the finale uh, of Loki, because, and we'll talk about it later, so I won't mention it now, but, you know, things look like they're leading towards, you know, Doctor Strange. Um, but I guess just for me, it's just wondering where season two of Loki is actually going to fit in. When are they filming it? When is it being released? So maybe, who, like, because we don't know yet, like, because I feel like the way that they left Loki season one, season two would need to happen before Doctor Strange if Loki's going to be in it. Um, yeah, I'm thinking however, that. However, yeah. sorry. you're thinking that? Yeah. No, you're right. However, I did read an article by another website I trust, Screen Rant, and they were theorizing that the Loki appearing in Doctor Strange could serve as sort of a bridge between season one and season two, like a what's what's he doing, you know, now with the fallout. So and so I'm guessing, you know, or like it's that or it's maybe we'll see variants of Loki appear in the multiverse of manners because we're dealing with multiverses. So it's not to say we're going to see our season one Loki. We could see a different Loki um, or Loki could be there to help uh, Doctor Strange uh, and Wanda or whoever, you know, just in some capacity. But I I honestly don't know. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I would love if it did. But Mike, mm. what are your thoughts on, on Loki possibly appearing in Doctor Strange 2? Probably not as pitiful. What's the word? Whatever. Um, as pivotal? Pitiful. Uh, yeah, I can't say words. Pi- 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 that's okay. Pivotal. Pivotal. Roll. Probably pivot. A- pivot. I pivot. Uh, pivot good. Dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> maybe more of a cameo, maybe because we are dealing yeah. with, dealing with a multiverse. Um, and considering that um, we've just found out that there's going to be a second season, uh, I'm mm-hmm. maybe assuming um, um, the second season will probably drop roughly the same time as maybe before or after um, Doctor Strange because I think that's in the can now. So they would be probably starting to film it, film the second season uh, probably later on this year, maybe. So it'll be there there for next year Mm -hmm. because I think they did the same thing with um, like Mandalorian and that. So they can just Mm. bang them out and, and keep the, keep the IP fresh. IP fresh. And um, IP fresh. Yeah, that would be cool if they get get like Tom Hiddleston into it as well, because it's got Doctor Strange, Tom Hiddleston, and well, Loki. His real name's Loki. Uh, Loki <laughs> and, and uh, Wanda as well. Like like having those three, it's like yeah, it's pretty cool because they're sort of like the the main the main stays with the uh, with the with the um, uh, multiverse going mad. Because mm-hmm. Loki was there at the start, and Doctor Strange will probably have to resolve it, or or not. It depends on wh- where Loki is uh, in in this yep. in this running time, and um, and uh, it's surprising that uh, there's no there's no other character in the Doctor Strange movie that's coming up. But Doctor Strange is going to be in another movie. Mm. Involving involving fucking <laughs> mishaps with the multiverse. Yes. 
<laughs> cool. So, well, with I mean, it's funny you mentioned that, Mike. Yeah, thank um, you. Because, yeah, you know, speaking of, you know, Doctor Strange, he's going to be appearing in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home later this year before we check in with the Multiverse of Madness and whatever is going to be blowing our minds then. We're going to get our minds blown first with No Way Home. And uh, in recent days or weeks... We've been getting these kind of uh, teasers and maybe some spoilers for No Way Home a little bit because we've had some Spider-Man suits revealed um, in some toy releases, um, which is interesting, um, especially considering, you know, all of the Disney Plus shows, all of their, like, for example, the pop vinyl figures, the Funko figures have been have not been leaked or announced anywhere until after the episode that those figures feature in has aired. Mm. So, like, for example, last week with Loki, when after Journey to Mystery aired, literally, like, two days later, Funko announced the plethora of lo- different Loki variant uh, pops. And, yes, I have pre-ordered them all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> need you say more. Um, need I say more, exactly. However, um, yeah, Funko have been a little cheeky and have teased... Um, uh, one of Spidey suits for No Way Home, um, which looks pretty cool. It kind of looks very similar to the, you know, the suit from um, Infinity War and Endgame, but with some Doctor Strangeness added to it. Uh, magic, you know, leg magic. Lego have also released um, a bunch. You know, we we know Lego is just great at spoiling things in the MCU. <laughs> uh, if everyone remembers the Civil War mishap with Giant Man. Um, but they've been, you know, they've been releasing that. There's Hasbro have been releasing their, their toys upcoming for No Way Home. And may I remind you, I don't think No Way Home was ever delayed because of the pandemic. So it's weird that they have all of these and they're just putting them out there because there's this one Spider-Man suit that's like black with like all the webbing is gold. Um, that looks really interesting. There's a Funko Pop of Doctor Strange with a shovel for some reason and he's wearing like casual Doctor Strange outfit with, with the Eye of Agamotto around his neck and, and he's, and he's, you know, his awesome cloak on. Um... Yeah, strange. Yeah, that's int- strange with a shovel. Strange, literally strange. Holding, he's holding a shovel. I don't know why. Digging, um, digging up um, dead people. Digging up dead people. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He's shovel- shuffling everyone out of the the sacred timeline. Um, but the other cool thing that was released this week, and this is why I've added it to the news. Uh, is because uh, Hot Toys previewed um, their look at um, uh, an upcoming Spidey suit for No Way Home. And it's basically the same black suit with the gold webbing that I mentioned, except this one has has the adage of, like, Doctor Strangeness to it. Um, like, he's got some kind of golden device around his wrist that's not shooting webs, it's shooting, like blue like sort of spells or magic or something like the emblem on on his chest is circular and blue with webs in it so it's just yeah it's all very curious mike have you have you had a look at any of these 
spoilery suits, or are you staying away from it? Uh, uh, I've seen seen bits and pieces. Um, uh, I'm subscribed to a guy who actually go, uh, goes into them, and yeah, they they look like they're a bit spoilery, but we have no context for them, so no, no context. I yeah. suppose when we get to watch it um, later on this year, we'll go say, "Oh yeah, that's that that's that Lego piece." They're they're um. They're opening a door to the multiverse and mm. and so on and mm-hmm. so on. And Yes. Yeah, and yeah, I'm trying to I'm sort of trying to stay clear from spoiler shit, but mm. I'm gonna be mind blown anyway, so dare I say I like being blown in the mind. <laughs> in the mind. Mind you don't mind. So I don't mind nice. being blown mind. Good. Uh, I'm glad. Yes. I also don't mind being blown mind. Mind blown, blind mind. Mind blown. <sighs> Good stuff. Even though All I right. even though I called the ending for Loki. But whatever. Hey, well <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers ahead we for our will. spoiler talk. Yes, we will get to that all in good time, my friend. All in good time. Yeah, um, but we'll be trekking somewhere else. Yes, yes. I have no say. We will for be this. trekking. No, that's okay. We will be trekking <coughs> somewhere with a, a visionary director, if you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder puns. what you mean. Mmm, I wonder too. Matt Shackman, director of WandaVision, all six episodes, uh, has been announced this week uh, that he is going to be directing um, our next Star Trek movie. Uh, This is super cool. Uh, There are no details uh, entailing as to what kind of movie it's going to be. We all know the the kind of struggles that Paramount has had with Star Trek Four and getting it off the ground for the last few years. Changes in directors, changes in story, losing cast, getting cast back, changing just direction again. Like, it's just all over the place. Quentin Tarantino was apparently going to be making a Star Trek movie. I don't even know if that's still happening because he keeps going on about how his next one is his last one and then he's done. And I, I, said, I, I said it years ago when they, he announced it. I'm like... There's no way your last movie ever is going to be a Star Trek film. So I don't know. No. I don't know. Regardless, I was very impressed with the work Matt Shackman uh, delivered on WandaVision. Um, so it uh, kind of makes sense for, for someone of his uh, capabilities to be in charge of something like a Star Trek movie. Um, hopefully he brings some cool visuals to it. I, I have no doubt that he will. Um, Mike, do you have anything you want to add on this one? Uh, no, not really. Um, the last Star Trek film, I d- actually didn't mind Beyond, because uh, it, it was alright. Because it was doing stuff that was like new and different instead of calling back to to true pre- previous things. It's like, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch is Khan. We all knew that. <laughs> yeah, you just, like, you just hello. you're just doing it for the member berries. It's like when when he said Khan for the first time, no one in no one in the char- characters, as in, knew know who Khan is. So why are you saying it like that? You're just saying it for the audience. So yeah, 
Yeah. 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 J.J. Abrams seems to like taking beloved sci-fi franchises and saying, do you remember the first one? Do you remember the second one? Let's do them again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I still love it. Yeah. I still, I'll still watch it. But yeah. And Captain Kirk was saved by Tribbles. (laughs) Get fucked. (laughs) Get fucked. Get <laughs> fucked. Get all the way fucked. <laughs> so yeah, totally um, fair. If they if they find a new vision for it, uh, I think it, I think it'll be good. Uh, no pun intended, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say, do you mean do you mean white vision? What if the vision's white? <laughs> what if the vision's white? What about no color? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the gray void. Yes, the gray void, or 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 leopard print, or 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 tiger print. Oh, Fuck. oh look at you in the segue. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're setting it, and I'm spiking it. Or or tiger king. Yes. Or tiger cage. <laughs> tiger king. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Tiger Cage, the Joe Exotic story. No, um, yes, so no, no, no secret. We're talking about Tiger King now because uh, this week Nicolas Cage revealed um, that apparently the the aforementioned Tiger King um, film that he was announced last year uh, when Tiger King was all the rage, um, that he was going to play Joe Exotic in that, and we we talked about it on the show. We're like, well, who better to play him than him than Nicolas Cage? Like, it makes sense. That'd be hilarious. Even though I still haven't watched Tiger King, and I don't plan on it. Um, and that kind of seems like maybe part of the reason why this isn't happening, because um, he's not playing Joe Exotic anymore. And as far as he's aware, Nicolas Cage, he said that uh, Amazon are not moving forward with the project. Um, so it doesn't look like we're getting a, a, a Tiger King Joe Exotic movie, at least at this point, um, and not one with Nicolas Cage in it. And, uh, yeah, part of that just seems to be the fact that it was such the rage during, uh, you know, uh, 2020. Start um, of 2020. And the pan- yeah. Start of 2020, start of start of our, our time, first time in ISO, our first lockdown. Um, with everyone watching it and losing their shit over it. So it was very current in the pop culture zeitgeist, and now it's just, you know, a reference to a bygone era that we're still kind of in. But, you know, it's it's had its 15 minutes and we've moved on. Um, So I don't know if that's got anything to do with the movie, maybe not moving forward. But, um, Mike, Mm. did you have any thoughts on on this, did you watch Tiger King? I did, yes. Uh, way back when, when everyone was watching it, I thought, ah, I'll, just, I'll put it on my list of things to do because I'm, I'm like that. I always follow trends. Was, I, I always get into stuff when it stops being cool. So <laughs> that's the sort of trendsetter <laughs> I am. Um, nice. Yeah, it's all right. It's probably something I won't watch again. Um, but it was it was a thing at, at the time. And and yeah, maybe I'll go back to it when we're old and grey. It's like, remember this bullshit? I think he's still in prison. Um, and I think another thing as well that uh, Nicolas Cage is, is actually starting to get more work. 
because he's sort of mm. sort of having his own re- renaissance. He's actually doing a yeah. He's doing a lot more indie stuff, and people were like really enjoying the sort of Nicolas Cage stuff from indie indie stuff. Like um, I I re- I really enjoy um, uh, uh, the color of space, uh, uh, which is a uh, a love Lovecraftian uh, thing that. That involves a meteor hitting the earth and it's changing the bio makeup of the farm of where where it is and they're sort of going crazy as well and it's Nicolas Cage going crazy Ooh. so uh, I I definitely enjoy it and yeah um he's probably getting too much work and it's like nah I don't need to do this because you know I, I got other stuff to do yeah but he won't be getting yeah, fair enough but he won't be getting any awards for tiger king anyway no okay but some I'm people a, yeah. will i'm gonna stop doing that it's getting annoying <laughs> uh, <laughs> well that's convenient because we're on to our last news item yay uh yay last news item uh yes some people will be winning awards later this year because the emmy nominees were announced this week uh, and Mike, I know how much you love award shows. Ah! <laughs> I love uh, I love the but, gratification yes. of of art. You know, it needs it needs to. Yep. What's the point of art when you don't make make money out of it and awards and and shit like that? And shit. <laughs> These people work very hard. Um, they do. They do. But do you need a piece of tin to prove that you've done a good job? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Absolutely do not. Uh, because we love all these shows n- nonetheless. Uh, but the main reason I wanted to talk about it is uh, basically because um, our nerdy stuff kind of dominated uh, the nominees, uh, the field of nominees this year. Uh, the Mandalorian uh, tied with The Crown for the most nominations. Uh, both shows received 24 nominations. Uh, yeah, including uh, Best Drama Series. Um, amongst the other drama series nominations uh, were also The Boys. The Boys. Uh, and the Boys and Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Um, also got nominated for Best Drama. Too bad it's just been cancelled. Fuck you, HBO. Uh, <laughs> it, anyway. it ended nicely. I mean, what more yeah, do you want? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And, and kind of like Watchmen. And the people in it are going to do be- good good, and better things. So, Absolutely. Not just Absolutely. the cast. No, no. No. It's exciting. Um for the future of those people's careers, that's for sure. Um, But yes, um, so that's really, really cool. Um, And the other, the other awesome thing about the, uh, the Emmy nominees is that um, uh, WandaVision came second with, with the, for the second most nominations, Um, 23 nominations for WandaVision, um, including uh, best limited series, uh, and including three acting nominations um, for Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, and Catherine Hahn, which is huge. 
Um, and about time that the uh, MCU started getting some acting noms <laughs> because these people are just killing it. And, uh, you know, the, the people who are in charge of nominating these actors don't always seem to uh, pay attention because they're genre pieces, because they're superhero popcorn movies. Um, but they have legitimate talent working throughout them. So it's really cool to see the Emmys, um, in particular with the actors, um, you know, giving them giving them some recognition with these nominations. Um, the interesting nomination I want to mention... I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is the fact that... And I don't understand it, and I'm glad he doesn't understand it either, <laughs> is the fact that, that Don Cheadle got an Emmy nomination for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He's in episode one for not even five minutes. <laughs> and he got a nomination for best, I think it was best guest, uh, best guest star or best guest feature uh, in a, in a series. Um, yeah. It's best supporting. Just hilarious. Or is it best supporting? I think it's something stupid like that. Um, <laughs> let me, let me just go through my list here. I thought it was like best guest. Uh, supporting, supporting, no. No. No, Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito got a Best Supporting Actor for The Mandalorian, um, which is cool. Um, supporting Actor, nope. Yeah, limited series. Yeah, probably Guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was Guess. Guest Actor in a Drama Series. Oh, there you go. So along with, along with Timothy Oliphant and Carl Weathers for their roles in The Mandalorian. Timothy Oliphant. Um, Timothy Elephant, I love that man. Um, Don Cheadle was nominated, yes, for guest actor in a drama series for Falcon and the Winter Soldier <laughs> for that one, basically one scene he has with Sam Wilson, played by Anthony Mackie, um, and uh, it's a great scene. He's, so, he's a good actor. He's a fantastic actor, but he's never won an Emmy before. He's been nominated before, but he's never won. And people this week were all like, he could maybe win his first Emmy for <laughs> like barely do, but for just showing up, basically. Um, <laughs> let me. I, I want to find yeah. Don Cheadle's tweet and read it out. Yeah, it's it's um, it's like that um, Family Guy sort of off offbeat where um, and now Brian Cranston and he sneezes and he gets an Emmy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's exactly, exactly that. Um, yeah, so Don Cheadle, um, as in, in response to his nomination, um, he said, Thanks, well wishes. Sorry, haters. Agreed, I don't know, emoji, errs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really get it either. But on we go. Um, yes, that was his tweet. Fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, made me laugh. Um, so yeah, those are, that's, that's pretty much the highlights of the Emmy noms. Like, yeah, um, very happy to see all the, all the nerdy stuff. Mike, mm. um, did you want to comment on any of that? Yeah, I haven't really got much. Just the, um, Don Toodle what thing was yeah. just funny. What do you, is very funny. What do you think of that? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. Uh, it, it definitely, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. Yes, we do tend to listen to uh, Fat Man Beyond, uh, and they actually do do talk about this and how it's it's roughly the same as um, uh, Dame Judi Dench getting uh, um, 
best supporting actress in Shakespeare in Shakespeare in Love. That's the name of the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she won an she won an Oscar, didn't she? I think. Yeah, she won an Oscar for for, for a role for that she did that only had thirteen lines. Yeah, yeah, she's in the movie for like less than fifteen minutes or something. Yeah, like re- really small amount of time. It's like, ugh. um, but yeah, but you know, kind of similar, kind yeah. I was gonna say kind of similar to Anthony Hopkins winning for Hannibal Lecter, like Silence of the Lambs. I think he's only on in the movie for like 20 15 20 minutes or something mm, mm. but but yeah yeah i was gonna say if you know the story between uh about um shakespeare and love it uh is a is a good sort of behind the scenes of how um movie execs try and like pander to the um award noms because that movie is terrible and <laughs> and and it won <laughs> so many awards for no reason, and that was like one of the reasons for of having Judy Dench not not being in it for less than fifteen minutes, and she got an act she got an acting nom. So it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. You're not wrong. Who, it's very weird. Who would have thought that that awards are political? Who would have thought? And on that, our one and only political reference in this show, yeah. we will wrap up the nerdy news for this week, uh, which means it's now time to roll on up to the trailer park. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeah. Alrighty. Trailer park time. It's trailer park time. Woo. Let's get into it. Uh first trailer to talk about this week is uh the next uh disney pixar collaboration um and that is turning red um, i see red oh. i see red i see red <laughs> good good i love split ends very good reference yeah. um wait what you mean i need to get <laughs> wait what <laughs> i need to get my hair haircut <laughs> no no, uh, turning red, turning red, turning red. Um, is yeah. It, it looked like this trailer was not your standard trailer in terms of Pixar trailers. It was kind of one of those hybrid. Let's show a scene and then a bit of the movie afterwards. But it kind of, I don't know. It was it was a weirdly put together teaser mm. for this. Um, and it left me with a lot of questions. Um. The f- the main one being when are we going to see a proper trailer for this because I want to see a proper trailer for this. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like we're getting a a kind of an interesting story. I'm wondering if it's based on any kind of lore or mythology or or legends or myths or anything about you know someone literally turning red like the expression you know uh turning into this red monster when they can't handle their their anger or or you know intense emotion um i mean it's a very adorable <laughs> monster it's kind of like a be a giant kind of fox dog hybrid thing um which looks pretty it looks pretty cool yeah um, i think it's like a yeah cuz it, it looks very japanese it looks like a Japanese story, and I think it's maybe a red panda. 
Could be a red panda. Yeah, like a giant one of them. Because I, cause yeah. I can picture them in my head, but I, I can't remember what they're called. But I think there's... Yeah, they have a name. I think they're a native native uh, Japanese um, um, creature. That's not that big, I don't think. But, yeah. Looks pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really like the, the kind of look of the creature and stuff. But I was, like, having all of these emotions watching this young girl who's just turned into this, you know, giant monster thing. Um or maybe red panda and she's running across rooftops trying to get home so she can hide and she's like bawling her eyes out crying because she's no idea what's happening to her and i'm just like oh no feelings <laughs> like i'm just i don't i don't i don't like that i don't know i'm not about that um the the main thing i am about though with this trailer and this film is the fact that sandra o oh is voicing um this this character's mother um, who we see in the trailer for some reason hiding behind a tree outside her school. Um, not creepy at all. Um, I Yeah, I really would like to know some context for that. Uh, please and thank you. Um, but it seemed pretty funny. She Maybe she's just an overprotective, overbearing mother, I suppose. But Sandra O is very funny. So I, I'd be looking forward to hearing some more of her character, uh, seeing some more of her character in the next trailer. Um, but yeah, I don't have really much to say. I just kind of want to, I want a different trailer for this because I don't think this one did it justice to me. Although I did kind of like the visual of the moment where she transforms was kind of cool. The way they kind of slowed it down and for comedic effect and also for just to show the sheer impact of what's, what's happened. Um, I thought it was, that was a really cool moment. Um, Mike, what did you, what did you think of this teaser for turning red? Yeah, I think I, I think I'm in the same boat as you. It's like, yeah, I've seen the teaser. I'm I'm teased. I want I want the real thing, the real trailer, and bit of a, a correction on my part. Um, yes, Red Panda. I'm showing a picture of Red Panda to Kendall. Hey, and to me, yes, looks like a red panda. Uh, re- looks like a red panda, and they're not Japanese. They're Chinese. So I'm very sorry for for that. But but you but it's a bit like calling me British when I'm not. British, I'm Australian, so Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for your for the correction. Yeah. And don't call me racist because I don't know the difference between Chinese culture and, and Japanese culture. No. No, you're not racist because if you were racist you would not have corrected yourself or educated yourself. I would I would double down and say, Ah, same thing. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> no. But, you know, it was close. It was, it's in the region. <laughs> it's regional. Yeah, it's regional. I mean, you know, you can call me Kiwi if you want. Yeah. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're close. We're pretty much the same. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, Red Pandas from China. Got it. Yes. So yes. I'm thinking it's a Chinese story. Excellent. Love that. When are we going to see it? Sorry. Is that is that what I meant to say? No, no, no. I was just you didn't have much to say much else to say on this one? Uh well, it's not really much to say with a teaser. It's it's pretty much okay. a, as you summed it up. It's a girl dealing with emotions and emotion her emotions manifest herself into a giant into a giant panda. A red panda because she's turning red. She's turning red. 
She's turning red. Okay. Well, uh, with with that said, then I suppose I will tell you guys that you can see Turning Red in the cinemas uh, here in Australia on the thirty first of March <laughs> next year. Yes. 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 All right. Speaking of animated movies, we have one for you to talk about. Uh, and that is the first trailer for The Addams Family 2. Uh, very quick turnaround on that sequel. Um, <laughs> wow. But I suppose, you know, uh, a pandemic is, the, is the, the, the breeding ground for an animator's, like, creativity, I suppose. Yeah. You know, they don't have... They can they can make as many animations as they can, as they want and not ha- not break quarantine. So yes, and with animation this terrible, it's easy. It's an easy turnaround. <laughs> uh, um, look, <laughs> I still haven't I still haven't watched the uh, the the first film in this reinvented Adams Family animation series. I remember enjoying the trailers for the first one. Um, quite a bit. I thought they were funny. I still love the gag of Wednesday's plats being nooses. I think that's very amusing. Um, and I yes, Mike? Uh, which is an actual um take on the original cart uh, original cartoon strip. Yes, because they didn't. Yes, they the, didn't the... do it in any uh, other um iteration because you know it's it's a bit full on. <laughs> it's a little dark. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit, but I thought it was it was very amusing um, when used in the the modern animation here. Um, and yeah, I, I love the voice cast, like you know Charlize Theron's Morticia and Oscar Isaac is Gomez, and um, amongst many others. And uh, yeah, like it's the first the, the first movie looks like it was good. I just you know it's not made for me, so I I didn't really go out of my way. You know, I'll happily rewatch. The, the original live action films and the live action uh, series from the 60s. Um, I really enjoy those takes on the family and, you know, and that's fine. As for this trailer, eh, I like the idea of sort of, uh, it's kind of a fish out of water trope, putting the family into the real world, you know, taking them out of the their big gothic mansion um, and sicking them on the, the normals. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of humorous gags in that. I didn't see any of those in this trailer, though, so I'm concerned for this movie if it's actually going to be any good. Because, um, yeah, I'm not going to watch it. Because, um, yeah, it didn't really didn't really sell me, but I, I, I think there's a, poten- a potential for, for a lot of fun, though. Uh, I just hope that they they can capitalize on that and there's yeah because i just yeah what what they showed us didn't really grab me it just seemed like a here's a cash grab sequel go um yeah i don't know i'm not i'm not sure on this one mike what did you think nah. <laughs> i mean well said. i mean i think we've already got a like a, a spooky spooky sort of um animated thing and that's hotel transylvania and that 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 yeah. is a bit of fun, and even though it's it's got way too many sequels, stop it already! You're ruining it. Yeah, they're about they're ruining it. They're about to do a fourth one. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, without Adam Sandler, it's weird. Without Adam Sandler, really? Yes. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. They just got to sound alike because 
apparently he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Drama in the Hotel Transylvania fandom. Oh my god. Oh my god. I thought you were a family. <laughs> a family. <laughs> uh, anyway. What I was going to say about this trailer. Um, it's kind of cool that they bring back um, Snoot Dogg. Yeah, it's cousin it. Yeah, yeah it's pretty funny. I suppose, yeah, that's 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 a grab maybe for people. So yeah, I want to see Snoop <laughs> yeah, Dogg maybe. as cousin it. Snoozer my loser. Yes, exactly like that. I love it. Snoozer my loser. Ha ha Smoke weed every day. <laughs> so tender when are we going to be not watching this film? <laughs> well, uh, we will not be watching, but I'm sure a lot of people will. Um, the Adams Family 2 uh, will be released in cinemas here in Australia on the 2nd of December. So it's coming out this year. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> uh, thanks, Snoop. Appreciate it. It's all right. It's all right, baby. <laughs> now you sound like freaking... Sound like meatwad. <laughs> now, <you see laughs> now you sound like freaking... Have you, have you seen Big Mouth? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you see... You sound like the, 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 the that that hormone monster that has subtitles because no one can understand what he's saying. Yeah, so funny. But it's, it's the same voice as Meatwad from uh, Aqua Team Hunger Force. Hunger Force, yeah, yeah, true, very, very true. They did it first. <laughs> I need, I need to watch that. I can't remember anything from that. Yeah, that was an interesting show. Very interesting show. Went for, anyway, went for ages. So, anyway, went for gold ages. leader. Gold leader. Gold, gold leader. Gold leader, baby. Gold leader, baby. Uh, we have one more trailer to talk about, and it is not for an animated film. God, this trailer park was made for Folia, and she's not here for it. Disappointment. <laughs> but we still love her. It's fine. <laughs> Hi. I hope the Twitch streams is going well. Yes. I hope you get a lot of exposure. A lot of exposure, darling. Exposure. Well, exposure, bubble. <laughs> so, last trailer to talk about yes. uh, this week is uh, for a completely different kind of movie. Uh, this one is called Naked Singularity. Mm. Um, I really want to know why this movie has this title. <laughs> um, because I'm so curious. Um, however, this whole movie just has me very curious uh, because it's like it starts off as one movie and then kind of in at the side of the trailer and then it kind of becomes this completely other movie um, by the time, you know, we've we've watched the, the whole trailer, like which is not to say a bad thing. I mean, so, in some cases it can be a bad thing, but um but here I'm just like, oh, I'm very intrigued um, to to see more from this. Um, 
Yeah. Um, and it was produced... I, they, they made a big deal of saying who it was produced by. It's Dick Wolf, who is the creator of the Law and Order franchise, um, is a producer on this, as well as Ridley Scott. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of names. I'm just looking at all the names of the producers and also Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck are mentioned and uh, they direct, they co-directed Captain Marvel. So that has my attention as well. Um, but regardless, the cast on this film, I should also mention while I have all the names in front of me, freaking John Boyega for the win, uh, Bill Skarsgård for the win as well. Um, and then Olivia Cook and Ed Screen and Tim Blake Nelson, a bunch of legends all around here. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm very fascinated by by this trailer because you know John Boyega's playing a a public defender who's apparently the according to the IMDb description, um, he loses his first case and his life begins to unravel. Um, but the whole film just kind of seems like this downward spiral into, like yeah, desperate measures really because it seems like him and Bill Skarsgård decide to you know, make their own justice. And um, maybe this is like a heist movie with a katana at some point. I don't know. There's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm really interested in this. I hope it's good. Cause I'm, it's some of the, the cinematography in this was kind of cool as well in the trailer. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I have a lot of questions, but I'm, I'm very, yeah. Curiosity is peaked. Uh, Michael, yeah. what did you think of this trailer? It made me very confused, and, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "What? What's, go, what's going on? What? What? Come on, give give me a coherent sentence!" Wow, <laughs> it's wow. it's named what? Naked? No one's naked in this. I want to see some flesh. Um, that's false advertising. That's false advertising. Uh, bring me to your um, manager. What's the word? <laughs> Can I speak to the manager, please? There's no nakedness in this. I want to see. Boy- I want to see. I want to see Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> I want to see Finn and 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 Pennywise go on a heist. Yeah, let give me that movie. Give me payday. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I am very intrigued in this as well. I, I wouldn't mind seeing another trailer. Just to clear a couple of things up, because it looks very intriguing, as you said, and mm. and mm-hmm. plenty of star power in this. I mean, you know, uh, having having Bill and and John, John Boyega, uh, they're <laughs> they're they're not American and they're doing American stuff. It's pretty cool, and <laughs> and uh, I didn't know it was uh, a Dick Wolf production, and and also Ridley Scott as well. It's like wow, powerhouses, sweet. I'll, I'll go, I'll go mm. for it. I haven't really got much to say because <laughs> I only watched it. That's okay. I only watched it once, and it's like I need to watch it again. But I want to make sure. I don't know why I didn't watch it for a second time. I think I think it just surprised me, and I want to keep being surprised. I don't want to look too much into it. If it if it made okay. me confused this much, I mean, I really like going yeah. deep dives in, into things, and I think this is probably one of these occasions that I need to go in like n- nothing planned, nothing nothing in my head about this, and I'll probably enjoy it then. I don't know. 
So when am I going to be watching this belligerently? <laughs> well, uh, we don't have an Australian release date for this one just yet. Oh. Um, however, it's uh, going to be in cinemas for a limited run um, in the US uh, on the 6th of August. So same week as Suicide Squad. There's some strong competition right there. Um, but it is also going to be for those in the US listening, and we know you are, so thank you. Um, there, uh, it's going to be on demand um, for you guys too. Uh, I think the following week, so um, we might get it here uh, on some streamer, I'd imagine, yeah. um, for us to watch or at least digitally consume somehow. I demand to watch it. I demand naked singularity. And I demand an explanation. I demand a naked man. I de naked man. Naked man. I demand a naked man. <laughs> a sing a single a single naked man. I demand. That's it. <laughs> Did I mention this podcast was gonna be weird? Yeah, it's gonna be weird. Fully is not here to rein us in. Yeah, totally <laughs> weird, baby. Totally weird, baby. Totally weird, bottle. Fucking bottle. Okay. Oh, check it out. Let's let's. I'm melted. On a singularity. I'm gonna move us on from this. Yes. This is fantastic. Oh, let's move on. Okay, trailer park is done. We're rolling on out. Ooh. Rolling. On out. Now. Yes. Michael, I spy yeah. in the run sheet. Yes. A, a certain thing. And I, I may have just cottoned on to what you're doing. Well, and I'm living. I have no interior motive here. How dare you assimilate <laughs> of what I'm doing. Oh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yes. Uh, but I feel like I've pegged this like you pegged the Loki finale. So, <laughs> without any further ado, yes. it's time for a quickie review. Quickie review. And Michael yes. has a quickie review for, for us yes. today. Uh, and I, I, I'm I dying to hear it. So, Mike, take it away. Yes, I have a quickie <laughs> review today. Um uh, and the review that I'll be doing is a movie that I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, I, uh, I watched Jaws uh, uh, not too long long ago, and I decided this movie would have been great if the protagonist was was the um, shark, because it, uh, sharks do what they tend to do. They 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 just eat and breathe and and everything, and then these three guys just decided to kill him. For no apparent reason. <laughs> and that's basically the synopsis. So I've written a li- little little bit here. It's, okay, yeah. let's go. In the year of 1975, the year they gave us One Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Rocky Horror, and Coonskin, uh, can I say, can I say that? <laughs> it's a very niche, niche <laughs> movie. That, that is, I've never heard of it before. Uh, it's very, it doesn't sound appropriate. It, it's not. It's completely not. It's an a, it's an animated um, sort of black exploitation uh, movie that's animated. So oh, so you can okay, sort of interesting, imagine. Interesting. Interesting. But, but you know, 
it's it's one of them. Uh, George is not the primary rem- uh, remembered because of its uh, great piece of cinema, but because it was and is highly profitable, making nearly half a billion dollars worldwide. And that's all we mm-hmm. know from it. Uh, the two-month mu- two shooting was ballooned to seven and four of which was at sea. So it took an awfully long time to film. It did, yes. Lots of problems behind the scenes. Because Steven Spielberg is very inept of not doing proper a proper job. <laughs> oh, Wow. Well, it was meant to be for two, and he and he ballooned it to seven. I think someone should have been fired. So it ran, so it ran for so long and over budget. It had had the nickname Flaws. Oh, really? I didn't know that part. Yes, <laughs> because really? no one had any faith in it except for Stephen, and. <laughs> and in the film, I sort of side with the mayor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a rogue scientist yelling and screaming about climate, I mean, about a shark uh, in the ocean will, will cripple the local economy. Now, I think, uh, I, I think what we can say, capitalism is king. And if you've got a small town, you need that revenue. So I think, you know, people dying from a shark is just collateral damage. <laughs> now, that's a, now, that's a movie that I want to see. Okay, the shark. It is commonly known that the shark's nickname was Bruce. That's right, Bruce. Uh, named mm-hmm, after... The, I believe so. It was actually named after Steven Spielberg's lawyer, Bruce um, uh, Wainers. Uh, that was his uh, um, publishing lawyer uh, and was na- named after him. It was actually a subtle jab at his law profession, of course. Uh, and, of course, Mr. Spielberg, of course, is threatened by a real man with a real job. Uh, what do you expect from, from a so-called artist who failed at, at school and and uh, got lucky in fi- in the film industry, you know? You know, an artist, he fails upwards. Uh, there is no justice in this world. I do not, I do not <laughs> think so, because to pay homage in a children's film, uh, Finding Nemo, of course, the great white shark was named Bruce. I mean, do you really... Yeah, do, great film. Yeah, do you really want to name a ch- children's character after a man-eating predator? I don't think so. To a certain number of uh, directors, this film was and is an inspiration to to their careers. Like, for instance, in, uh, the line, that's some bad hat, Harry, that's in the film, um, was an inspiration for the name of uh, Brian Singer's produ- production company of the same name. Uh, and like, as you can see, this movie inspired Singer and his work. A movie about an apex predator that preys on young boys. Holy shit. <laughs> so. Oh my god. I am obligated to, <laughs> to specify a spoiler warning 
from the ending of of Jaws and the four plus years of this film. So if you haven't seen it, you know, it's your own fault. Okay. It's 40, 40 years old. It came old. out 40, 46 years ago. Yeah, this is a reference. Uh, this is a reference so much. Uh, yeah, sorry. This film is also referenced so much as, as um, uh, Citizen Kane and Star Wars. But I still have to say spoilers for all, all those people who thought, thought uh, to have, who have not watched Star Wars. Yeah, I sort of word that weirdly. Sorry. Um, but uh, Peter Peter Blanchley, uh, the author of the novel, uh, had a cameo as the reporter. He has openly said in the production that he did not like the changing of the ending, where where the um, shark just dies from his wounds and all that. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. so so he confronted Spielberg about it. But the death of the author is strong with Spielberg, of course. Bletchley did concede and accept the ending, but it proves that if you do not like Jaws publicly, you will be hounded for your opinion. The ending is, is an unbelievable and over-the-top ending of any movie ever. Um, Brody blows up the shark by shooting an oxygen tank in its mouth. It's oxygen, not C4. Not even a can of my own farts can make an explosion that big. <laughs> but who cares, right? It is the most action we have seen in this story, turning into three men on a boat doing nothing but waiting. I was more entertained watching Waiting for Godot by, by Bertel Brack. <laughs> And that and that show was meant to be boring. So, in conclusion, I make no mystery that I loathe this poor excuse of a film. Steven Spielberg oh is lucky to be popular enough to keep on working nowadays. Even yeah. after the fiasco shooting schedule of Jaws, it was a gamble that somehow paid off which is remarkable. But surely there must be something good to find in this film. I cannot recall myself, an impartial judge on cinema, if I cannot find one redeeming feature. I wish this film sank, like the real Orca did on set. And almost destroyed the film. It almost des destroyed the film cans that were on, on that boat. And would have completely stopped the film the film and the filming. And we would not have Jaws in our lives. And that's basically it. So what do you think of my first draft? <laughs> my god Wayne I'm sorry <laughs> wait who's Wayne I didn't know you <laughs> I didn't say anything about Wayne what are you talking about it was just a film that I haven't seen in a while okay alright I didn't know he was gonna do this I figured it out too late um well I'm sorry you feel that way about 
you know, the film that gave us the modern blockbuster, but that's, you know... He ripped off Vertigo. <laughs> you know that shot where Brody is doing the, the, the zoom in and the pan out? Yeah, that's from Vertigo. I know, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a Hitchcock thing, yeah. yeah. But no, people just know it from Jaws. Hey. Well, Spielberg used it in a very effective manner and, you know, and Jaws is a, you know, um, a colour film. And it was, you know... Oh, it's in colour. The, the and, it's, and it's the first summer blockbuster. I don't know how to defend this correctly. Um, That's because you can. It's, it's a terrible film. It's a good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time either, but I I remember fondly enjoying Jaws um, because I love Roy Scheider and I love Richard Dreyfuss uh, in particular. Um, So, and yeah. And look, the tension between the three men while they're out on the ocean waiting for Godot, as you so so eloquently put. (laughs) It's fine. It's good. It creates drama. It, it's like you don't know when the shark is going to strike. Even though they stole the scene from Chasing Amy. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I got cuts here. I got cuts here. It's basically this, it's the same scene from Chasing Amy where they, they, they were sharing, sharing stories of going down on women. So Chasing Amy stole, the, stole that idea from Spielberg and Jaws then? Yes. Cool. That's that's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah, in a better film. In a better... <laughs> hey, if Steven Spielberg can uh... steal from Vertigo... Hey, hey, Kevin hey, Smith you know... can steal from from Spielberg. True. And make it into study, a better film. Study the... Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's like imitation is the highest form of flattery. Like, it's, you know, it's inspiration. It's taking something and making it your own. It's, you know... Paying homage, as you also said, respectfully. Okay. You can have your opinion. I'm allowed to have mine. I will have my opinion, and you're allowed to have yours, and I appreciate you sharing your opinion. That's all right. Yes, thank you. And there will be a quick review every time you do a review on Nightmare on Elm Street. Because I am a petty piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. This is our this is our comeuppance for our folly. Oh boy. I can't wait to tell Wayne about it. <laughs> Enjoy editing that. <laughs> ah, thank you, Mike. That was wonderful. That's all right. That was wonderful. I've got a list. Vengeance exacted. You've got a list? Yep. Of all the ones <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to lampoon. Oh, no. Okay. That- oh, I'm scared. Yeah, that was just Wayne's favorite show. I know. As soon as you said you got a list, I'm like, he's going to start ranking on the stuff that I like. But, you know, don't do it for what we're about to talk about, okay? Not just yet. 
Not just yet. Oh, God. Wayne, save me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> well played. Very well played. Very, very well played. Oh, man. That's fantastic. Okay. All right. Here we go. That was an, a, a wonderful quickie review of Jaws. Um, <laughs> thank you again, Mike. Um, so I suppose now that brings us to the part, the moment, the segment, the section, that place in the show that we like to call... Popcorn culture time. Popcorn a culture. And because it is that time, this means that it is our last, for now, popcorn culture discussion. Yeah, no, I think the last. On Loki. <laughs> no. Uh, so, obviously, as we know, season one of Loki ended this week with the finale, episode six, which was aptly titled for all time always um so yeah so it's a it's a pretty pretty fantastic episode um and i highly enjoyed it and i'm very very interested to hear mike's thoughts and folia's as well because our host who could not be here uh the host that no longer remains um she has sent us a massive list of all her thoughts um, so we're kind of going to go through Fulia's thoughts as we go through our own. Um, so I might just start reading. She has some overall thoughts that she wanted to share up top, which was uh, basically just saying uh, that uh, overall there was so much to unpack in this episode, um, but it had me hooked from the start of the episode to the end. So much dialogue in this one. Oh, and the music. Um yeah. I have to admit, I really, Good. really enjoyed the um, uh, soundtrack to this one, uh, this particular yeah. uh, episode, because it was just so eerie and fun. And bring back synthesizers. I mean, really. Oh, Nothing I screams that... sci-fi than a synthesizer. Synthesizer. Mm. And what's the... Theremin? Um, the name... Ther theremin, yes, and the bloody theremin she keeps using. Natalie Alt, the composer of Loki, um, kicking ass on the theremin, um, and it's just wonderful. I really, really enjoy that in yeah. instrument. Like people learn how to play that because originally it was supposed to be some like some um, like uh, equipment just for um, alerting people of people's presence as like a sort of um, alarm system, and they just. And they discovered it's like, oh, you can change the pitch and the tone. It's like, oh, you can actually play this as an instrument. So it's really cool. It's very cool. Bill yeah, the accidental instrument. Yeah, Bill Bailey can actually play that like to a T. It's, it's fucking fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Just a little tidbit. Um, yeah, we're yeah. big. F we're, that's a very good tidbit. I like that. Thank you. Um, we're very big fans of, of Natalie Holt's score throughout this entire show. I think I can speak for us all when I say that because, yeah, it's um, it's a fantastic score. And, yeah, you're right, Mike, it really does shine in this episode um, very nicely, complementing everything that's unfolding. Um, but to start our discussion proper, 
Uh, Fulia, the first thing she mentions is uh, after her overall thoughts, of course, um, she talks about the cold open mm. of the show, um, or the intro, if you will, where she uh, basically our Marvel Studios logo is is happening in a different way. Um, and she says, uh, the voices of the MCU. I picked up on a few clear quotes from WandaVision, Thor Ragnarok, Captain Marvel, and Black Panther. Yeah. Um, yeah. I loved this uh, logo intro, um, the change they made to the, to it, and then the way it kind of carried throughout the whole cold open. Um, you know, it, it really it kind of added to the finaleness of what we were watching by going like we're at the Loki and Sylvie have arrived at the end of time. Now they're beyond the void. They're going in to the, you know, a place that's beyond the end of time at the end of time. Um, and so we're getting a sense of that by having all of these MCU quotes, starting with Steve and Peggy's song from Endgame and Captain America First Avenger, which immediately had me on edge. I was like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> Are we going to see the TVA finally coming for Steve Rogers? Like, that's literally what I thought was going to happen. He's on the moon! But then it, it, it's, He's on the moon! Um, but then it kept, yeah, changing to different quotes from other other MCU movies as we're watching the, the traditional logo unfold in front of us. Um, which was so awesome. I, I also heard the, uh, Loki's line from Infinity War where he says, we have a Hulk in there, which, uh, I felt appropriate to mention. Um, but yeah, so many quotes from so many different movies. There was also like, once the logo stuff was done and it panned out to this awesome, like really cool visualization of the, like the, the big bang, I suppose, or like, just like the creation of black hole. Or the you know, black yeah, and black holes, like just sort of like, you know, space and and beautiful formations and destructions of, of, of galaxies and planets and stars and stuff. And just the way it was all put together was was wonderful to watch. And then we're also like, so we're also getting, you know, while they're still giving us Marvel stuff, they're giving us real world stuff. Like there was Nelson Mandela quotes in there and... Um, and uh, they even for and they were playing other types of music that hasn't been featured in Marvel stuff before. And I freaking heard Kylie Minogue and lost my shit because um, I love I love Kylie and I was like Aussies represent. There's you literally you can hear like half a second of I should be so lucky in this entire montage. And I was like, I didn't pick that up. Winning for us. Yeah, I got it. I was like, is that Kylie? Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I freaking love this intro. Um, which, you know, ends with it coming out of the sacred timeline, if you will, and, you know, rests on that really cool shot of Loki and Sylvie, their backs to the camera, staring at the Citadel before them, um, which was a cool shot. Mike, what did you think of this this big, sweeping kind of uh, time for all time mm. sort of MCU intro? It's sort of like um, a previously on the MCU... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little like bit. Everything and in between. And now we're at the edge of the universe. Or going into another universe. And I often wondered, mm. does this show may make uh, the MCU redundant? Does this show? Should we call it now, not MCU, but MCM? 
Yeah, I saw I saw someone refer to it as as the MCM going forward. Well, well played, very well said. I think so. You're you. Yeah, I think I think yeah, the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse is going to be a yeah, thing. Yeah, especially for uh, Phase Four. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Because either at the end they they just let this uh, let the universe go as it is. Or they they make it all combined as one again, but we don't know. And we don't know. Wait another eight years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait another eight eight nine years until they they wrap up this this phase this um sorry this saga yes. the multiverse saga. I suppose they'll be well, calling the, it. In, um, yeah, you got the uh, Infinity Saga, and now you got the multi m- multiverse saga. Yeah, it's good shit. So, back to the original thing. Yeah, I really enjoyed enjoyed this, and especially the sort of uh, bits and pieces, and and like expanding out into into an, one huge universe, and then stacked on top of it is another universe, and we go into the other one, and where we are, and then and yeah, and then you get to hear classic Loki for the last time. Yeah, glorious purpose. Glorious purpose. So and, uh, and that'll be the last time we get to see him. Until season two. Hmm. Yeah, he could come back in season but, two. Anything's possible now. Yeah. Anything's Anything is possible. possible now. Word, words very words said. Famous words said. Anything is possible. Okay, yeah. Anything is cool if you're part of a team. Um, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so... From from that awesome cold open, we go into you know, Loki and Sylvie are walking into the 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 citadel, and um, Sylvie's having a bit of a moment because you know, she's been waiting for this her whole life, uh, and she tells Loki that sh- she was actually pruned before he even existed, which I thought was interesting. Makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that that was yeah that was cool. Um just her processing that the fact that you know this is basically what she's yeah her mission her whole thing has been about getting here and now she's here um so i like that they kind of took a moment to acknowledge the heaviness of that um and then it, just and it the, sort of also pays pave yes. a way of what happens at the end as well like where she, where she is yeah. mentally yes you're right exactly does a very good job of of reminding the audience of just what her headspace is, what her thought process kind of is, um, to kind of help you understand her stance at the end of the episode, which, yeah, they do very well. Um, yeah, it was really good. Um, and then, you know, they get inside and, uh, and then <laughs> out of nowhere, um, she didn't scare me, but did she scare you, Mike? Miss Minutes appears. Um, she didn't really scare me because uh, I was sort of like half watching it, half making sure my little girl goes to bed. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that's so, fair. So yeah, um, I I would, yeah, I would have been probably, <laughs> I would have pissed myself. It's like holy shit, <laughs> something orange in a sea sea of darkness. Yes, and see darkness. How dare you? Um, how dare? Yeah, Miss Minutes appears. Didn't scare me. Um, 
for some reason I was just kind of expecting something to happen and uh, for some reason it just didn't I don't know why it didn't scare me but jump scares usually get me but I read a lot of people online got freaked out by Miss Minutes appearing and especially because she was not the Miss Minutes that we're accustomed uh, to to seeing and you know Mike you kind of had thoughts on on how Miss Minutes would be maybe a sinister more sinister-esque sort of being yeah I think a little bit a uh, little bit, like a little bit. Um, like when she first popped up, and I thought, "Oh, I don't want Miss Minute to be the the big bad." <laughs> and then, yeah, and then when she continued her her sort of di- dialogue, it's like, "Okay, she's working for someone." So, one point for me. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I fucking knew it. Yep, okay. <laughs> But she, but uh, when we first see Miss Minutes, she was talking about the, um, like the multi-war, and I thought that was way back when. I thought that maybe that was bullshit. Maybe it was just here just to make sure there's actual order, or anything like that. So I was wrong about that. So there actually was a, a pre-war, uh, before the TBA. So there you go. And she was around for that. Mm. Yeah. So, but what we, was the original yeah. question? I was just talking about Miss Minutes because she she gets into you know introduced here because um, <laughs> um, Fulia had some notes on Miss Minutes and her appearance. Yeah. Um She just says uh, creepy in this episode. Uh, introduces he who remains. Um, we'll talk about him in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, as the person behind it all, the emotion on Loki's face when Miss Minutes talks about how he could be the ruler of Asgard if he wants to be, his eyes were welling up. So that's that's Fulia's, um, Fulia's take on Miss Minutes. Um, yeah, she brings up a good, a really good point of like the fact that uh, um, just a really good tool, I suppose, to show how much our Loki has developed and changed over the course of these six episodes. Um, She literally says, you can have Asgard, you can beat the Avengers, you can get the the Infinity Gauntlet, and you can kill Thanos. Like, she was like, bam, 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 we can make it so... Or he can make it, she says. He can make it uh, so that you have everything you've ever wanted, basically. Um... And, um, and she says the same to Sylvie, too. She's just like, you know, imagine you having nothing but happy memories, you know, having lived the life that we, you know, the TVA took away from you, essentially. Mm. Um, and, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're both very resolved in their, no, we write our own destiny now, um, Loki says, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah. Did you, did you, Mike, did you have any doubts when Miss Minutes was having this spiel that, like, our Loki would maybe... You know, considering this is probably only like a few days, maybe a week or so ago, he was, you know, being, you know, the the villain in Avengers, and now here he is going, I don't want a throne. Um, did you think in this moment he was maybe going to turn? Um, probably not at this particular juncture. I knew, um, I, I, yeah, it was sort of good that they actually started with it's like, oh, we we can give you anything, just just don't do what you you set out to do. So I'm thinking that there would be a bargaining mm. bargaining chip right here, and how 
either Sylvie or Loki would deal with it. So I wasn't quite sure of what happens here. But with the sort of um, uh, character development with Loki, um, like ever since uh, ever since the first episode, I, I always thought that that particular episode was a sort of it was sort of a restart for Loki of where where he is at this present time. Yeah, as well as uh, they're trying to get him up to where uh, he sort of was at the end. No, at the start of. Uh, Infinity War, where where um as you see in the in the like uh, tape flashback where he sort of semi uh, resolves his um relationships with Thor and and Odin and and Frigga, and and where he was like more matured there than he was when you know with the battle of of uh, New York. So they wanted to get him up there in one episode, and I think. Uh, if we're moving yeah. forward, he's actually up to that bit and in in at the start of Loki and up until here. So he's sort of, yeah, he sort of ha- has grown, like grown up in two days, basically. But as he says in the previous episode, he doesn't know how long he has been at the TBA. So it it yeah, could it yeah. could be two days. It could be it could be two hundred years. But but you know. Time is time is but an illusion. Lunchtime, doubly so. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So, where he is with his character arc, I sort sort of thought uh, I was thinking the sort of setting up like the sort of tiff between uh, Loki and Sylvie. So, mm. so it was just yeah. I I could see like the sort of cracks happening and i i kind of like their set as well if we're going on a big tangent here i kind of like the set of the castle being um all cracked and and being pieced together it sort of makes sense makes sense of all these different timelines sort of smashing together and it's sort of making this castle yeah uh, i like that for yeah. the set no that's that's mm. yeah that's very very well observed yeah no i loved i loved the citadel the the, the set itself like just the way it was put together and and the aesthetic of the whole thing and the the lighting and yeah it was gorgeous i really as your final episode kind of location um yeah i, I thought it was really really good um i was concerned a little bit um that something would happen uh you know with with loki being you know tempted with you know having what really we we'd we'd always thought he'd wanted which was you know to rule um and all of that um and not you know and not die at the hands of thanos really um but you know it's not truly what he wants underneath all of it and this series like you said mike is you know did all that development in episode one and it's really kind of made us you know it's made us see and take away you know um you know, Loki's like like what he really wants isn't you know is not so shallow of a thing. It's like you know he wants he wants you know uh, not to be alone. He doesn't want to be alone. He wants you know companionship and 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 all of this stuff like you know sentimental things mm. um, that that matter more. Um, yeah. So it was yeah. So it, yeah, I, I was worried for half a second, but then I was like, oh nah, nah. He's yeah. He's it would be really weird if he changed. 
right yeah, now. If he, he just goes back to his ways and it's like, well, there you go. He, he, sort, <laughs> he sort of goes full circle and we're all about circles in this episode and this and in this series yeah. where everything goes round and round like a circle. Round and round in a circle. And we're going to get to that in a moment because before we get stuck into um, finding out who's behind the TVA, I want to talk about uh, Ravona Renslayer because... We uh while Loki and Sylvia are at the at the TVA uh, sorry, they're not at the TVA, they're at the Citadel. Mm. Um Mobius, as we saw at the end of last week, ha- uh, had returned to the TVA to confront Ravona and um, you know, burn it to the ground. Um, as he said, echoing Loki's words earlier in the show. Um and yeah, we get this um you know Interesting, interesting confrontation. I mean, first we see Miss Minutes because immediately after Miss Minutes, you know, offers Loki and Sylvie whatever, you know, what what they think that they truly want, but they don't, um, you know, she goes to Ravona and is like, ah, here, I'm downloading those files for you, but it's not what you asked for. It's something different, but he thinks it'll serve you better, blah, blah, blah. And so she has this unknown file that um, he who remains has given Given Miss Minutes to give to her. Setting um, something and, up. Uh, we might go in. Mm. Setting something up, which we might go into in a bit, um, a bit later maybe. But um, but we get this, yeah, really cool confrontation with Mobius and, and Ravona. Because um, Mobius is like, you know, well, I'm fucking tired of your shit. And Ravona's like, well, you know, you betrayed me. So fuck you. Mm. Um like I, I talked about it in my ramble video, but I really, really like the parallel between um, Loki and Sylvie betraying each other and Mobius and Ravona betraying each other. Because like both of their everyone's everyone's perspective makes sense in this episode, and I think it's very well written. Mm. Like I don't really I don't really like Ravona as a character. I'm curious to see where they take her in season two, um, but she's like fantastic actress and like Gugu and Bathoraw, she's awesome. Mm. I will watch her do pretty much anything. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to learning more about Ravona. She was kind of a bit more mysterious, uh, mysteriously left in this. I mean, we got a bit of a reveal about, you know, who, you know, where the pen comes from because, you know, she, she's a variant that worked at a, you know, taught at a, a high school and, um, you know, and we see Hunter B-15 using that knowledge to reveal to Hunter D-90, you know, the truth about the TVA, um, which was cool. But yeah, this whole, like, the whole thing, like, I, because last, was last week or the week before, and I was the, yeah, the Nexus event, episode four, when, when um, Ravona and Mobius are talking and, you know, she's like, friendship like ours, you know, eons of friendship, you know, it's, it's rare, it doesn't happen, right? And then immediately in the next scene, they see each other. She, you know, orders his pruning. Um, like, okay, so much for friendship. And then in this episode, we kind of get to see the payoff of that, where Ravona's like, no, 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 we were friends for thousands of years. Like, for fucking ever, we were friends. And in a matter of days or weeks, again, we don't know how long, but in a short amount of time comparatively mm. to that, those thousands of years, Mobius has decided to say fuck you to the TVA and side with two Loki variants that he barely knows. Um, and, you know, so you can see, I love the way Ravona kind of explains that yeah. uh, to Mobius and, and to the audience of like, no, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Mobius, Mo- 
you know, maybe I betrayed you, but no, no, you you betrayed me as well. Um, what did you what did you think of the the confrontation, Mike, between the two of them? Yeah, it's it definitely is like a sort of parallel with Silver, uh, Sylvie and Loki, and how they sort sort of treat each other. And yeah, as you said, it's you can sort of see both 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 point of views and. I think I think um, if if I'm thinking correctly, I think in the next season, uh, Renslayer is probably going to go after Sylvie because probably the la- probably those files. This is probably speculative, but these files are, are sort of sort of a failsafe for uh, maybe Kang, maybe not Kang. Um, sort of setting something up that's like, well, I'm about I'm about to be killed by the, these Lokis, so there's gonna be a lot of friction uh between between Renslayer and, and, and the Loki variants because they because they're trying to take down the TBA. They they take they're taking my best friend Morbius Mobius and and they they destroyed pretty much everything so i'm i'm going to be in return going after them so they're probably set, uh, in the next season they're probably setting her, her up as not uh, as as being the big bad in her particular way but i i do like the sort of marvel sort of thing that they're sort of getting in, into is like not being bad for bad sake but but being a more a nuance sort sort of um a villain and they're sort of like the best villains, so so I kind of like what they're sort of they're they're attempting to set, to to set up. And with Renslayer, that that was that was one of the reasons why I was so angry at the end of this episode because I didn't know there was going to be a se- second season. It's like no, too many questions, <laughs> and they definitely opened up a lot of questions. Too many, questions. yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah, so many questions. Um, yeah, Fulia's notes on, on Renslayer um, are thus. She says, uh, Renslayer preparing to leave and in comes Mobius with a pruning stick, much to her surprise. It was interesting to see her reaction when he walked in the room. I was expecting a bit more of a shock, but she had the feeling, she had a feeling, sorry, he'd be able to get out of the void somehow. Um, we get Hunter B-15 lurking around a school in 2018 where Renslayer used to work. That was a surprise to me. Wasn't expecting her to be a school teacher, maybe a principal. Neither was I. Mm. Um, and then, and then she also says that Ravona really doesn't know who is behind the TVA. And I'm like, yep, yep. She really, really has no clue. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, cool. And um, you're right with the with the file thing. I think it is ha- has something to do with um, he who remains, which we'll we're going to get into in a sec. Um, that maybe. You know, she's going to find out because, like, the last thing she says to Mobius before she leaves is, like, you know, because he's like, where are you going? And she's, like, in search of free will. Um, And because, you know, she said the only person who has free will is the one in charge. So, um, yeah. Either she wants to be in charge or she wants to be... She wants to be under the person who's in charge. So it's more of a power grab than anything. I think so, yeah. Like, she wants to know who, like, she she wants to know everything. Mm. Like, I think she's probably offended by the fact that she has no idea who's running things, and she probably wants to just find out who they are. 
um, and then maybe be a part of their mission, their plan, why things are the way they are, like, you know. So, yeah, so definitely power, power-hungry, power-grab thing makes a lot of sense, too, um, as well. But uh, I think we should now get into the big reveal of this episode, um, and that is our technically being right about mm-hmm. who was behind the TVA this whole time, and that is he who remains. Do, do we get um, points for even mentioning that name? Um, well, did we, did we mention, like, did we actually say who he remains at some point? Because I know we said Kang, and I know we said L- Loki, but did we actually say he... I think maybe you said he who remains. I don't know if I did. I was I was picturing like an old Loki, sort of sort of either a king Loki or he who should be the remain. But I could be, <laughs> I could could be retrospectively trying to add that in of saying retroactively, yeah. yeah. But but yeah yeah. But but I yeah. was excited when it no. was he who should not be uh, he should not be named um he who remains, and I thought, oh, we're gonna get an old old Loki maybe. Or, or old whatever's it's like yeah yeah i kind of like the idea or the theory of of he who remains being a loki variant um like that theory you you, po- you posited last week was very good and it was kind of right um in some interesting ways which we'll get into yeah. very shortly i was right about intent um, i wasn't right of character yes no correct yes you were half you were like 50% right um, yes, yeah, so, but the cool thing about He Who Remains, um, uh, apart from Fulia's comment of the reveal of He Who Remains, she says, just seems like an average guy who likes apples <laughs> and is excited to see two, two Lokis in the same room. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we have, uh, the, the one thing that made us lose our shit, or at least made me lose my shit, was seeing, uh, Jonathan Majors. <laughs> as he who remains. And for those who pay attention to the MCU like we do, um, they know that he is a variant of Kang the Conqueror. Yes. Uh, yes. So they deci- they went freaking whole hog with this and decided, no, we're not going to introduce Kang in a post credit scene. We're going to give him, you know, this whole fucking episode to just steal the show uh, in the best way possible. Uh, without taking anything away from Loki and Sylvie no. and the the storyline, like it all worked so well. They wrote it very smartly, because my because yes. one yeah my biggest concern of actually introducing Kang in into the ending of this it it does take away from from Loki's like journey and and Sylvie's journey basically every Loki's journey and they and they wrote this really smartly as in they they sort of introduced Kang. But it's a variant of a character that we're about to see, and and they don't mention Kang anywhere in this episode. They don't even mention him once. They they say, "Oh, I've well, got a couple of names." <laughs> yeah, they, they do that. They sort of wink and a nudge. It's like, "Yeah, we know what we're doing. Yeah, don't you worry." But but <laughs> this is a character that you are not going to be seeing just yet. It's just going to be a subtle hint, and. 
it's still and it still doesn't plague anything with with the sort of character building of, of either Sylvie or Loki. So, I yes, I do applaud I do applaud the um, uh, writers for that. They didn't write themselves into a huge hole with that. No, no, they did very well, very very well. Um, yeah, I I freaking lost it when Jonathan Majors emerged from that from that elevator from that lift. Um, you know, just eating that apple, very chill. Mm. Um, well, apples he, are knowledge. If we're going by apples are knowledge, if we're going by fucking yeah. uh, Bible verses, yeah, that's true. Well, that is true. Uh, yes. So yeah, super happy to to see that we were kind of right about Kang, kind of not, but sort of, and just yeah, like you said, Mike, you put it very well. So I'm not going to really repeat it, but yeah. The way that they've they wrote this episode and um, made it all work, made it all fit, and made it make sense, um, and gave us exposition in a way that wasn't expositiony and digestible. Like, do you know what mm. I mean? Yeah, digestible. Like, it wasn't heavy-handed. It wasn't in your face. It was just a part of everything that we were watching, and it was just so yeah. well done. As soon as I saw um, Jonathan Majors, I thought. Okay, this episode is probably going to be a huge dialogue dump. <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> yeah, you were right. You were right. Absolutely, you were right. Um, Cause, yeah. Cause, uh, fully... Ha- sorry. Yeah, sorry, go on. In the end, um, I was expecting like this episode to have more action than it, than it actually did. Oh, you're right. Yeah, me too. I thought the exact same. I thought we were going to get our standard Marvel third act... You know, big CG battle like Loki against the TBA or anything like that. Yeah, like I thought it was going to be huge, like the previous two shows had done, but they decided to go for the and I applaud them for this too for making the choice to to have it a a kind of a quiet finale in a way. Like there's still a fight scene going Mm. on, obviously, um, but the fact that most of the episode is just three people sitting down talking. And not and it's not boring and it's and it's riveting. not a drag like that's it's it's not a drag it's so good and and that sort of added to my pissed off fury it's like re- really they're gonna then there's not there's not gonna be nothing after this it's just gonna be just Loki and then we're gonna go into some other um, movie that leads to it it's like oh, I wish it was but I was wrong hmm. Thank goodness. Thank um, goodness I was wrong. But, well, because, no, thank goodness there's a season two is what I mean by yeah. that. It uh, wasn't a slight. Yes, but you, yes, no, it was never a slight, never a slight. Um, Fulia has some thoughts on He He Remains. Um, she says uh, that dialogue of him saying how he knows slash knew what was going to happen that he paved the path that, that Loki and Sylvie walked. Man, my head was in a spin. I'm thinking, okay, I believe this guy. He is the all-knowing, if you will. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, Mike, you look like you want to say yes, something. Yes, I'm... I, I, I don't make... I do love my science fiction, and I really enjoy this particular character of being um, a, a fourth-dimensional being because if you're a fourth dimensional being you don't see you don't see 3D you see you see a timeline as as a flat plane like you see everything 
at, at once. He's sort of like the um uh oh Watchman. Um uh, what's the blue guy from Watchmen? Jesus Christ. Uh Manhattan? Yeah, Mr. Manhattan. Or Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, he he's a fourth dimensional being that he actually sees the past, present, and future at the same time, and and it's absolutely fascinating of how how someone uh, how they actually would um, portray that in in film, especially especially in in this where you actually see the timeline going around in circles, because because mm. that's how a fourth dimensional be, being actually see, sees see stuff like we're three dimensional beings, but we can only see in two D. Like everything in front of us, we we can't see behind us, but a fourth dimensional being they can see in three D, where every everything is going on mm. at once, and yeah, I just I I I just get a buzz out of that shit. <laughs> yeah, that, it's super and cool. Especially if you have a character who is originally a human, and it and is actually a, an age old uh, an age old being is like he knows every everything and so yeah he and he's been living alone for like like a millennia and how would you perform that i think well done to jonathan majors for that shit and and that absolutely that's why i'm thinking that we're probably not going to get the same uh characterization of him as as kang in uh quantum mania so it's going to be a a different thing but but yeah, I just really enjoy this episode, and especially an introduction. But it's the ending of a character as well, as we as we know from the from the later episode. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, Kendall, what do um, you think of the man uh, of He Who Remains and and his dialogue and everything? <laughs> just to throw it back at you. Oh my. No, that's okay. I'm loving. I'm. I'm really loving watching you be so enthusiastic about it because it was. It was. Yeah. It was so good. Like I, just the scenes where he would, he he'd just be talking to them, and they're just sitting there listening, whether they believe it or not. But like the way he's delivering the dialogue, um, and having he he brings these moments of like aloofness to it, like real worldness like you know i love that moment where he's so like you know the 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 part where he's telling us telling loki and sylvie his story um you know who he is where he comes from and why he's done what he has done um and we get these really cool like animations using that same aesthetic of the the black with the gold cracks through it um which is just super cool um but i love I love those moments where he's like, you know, he goes into this grand storytelling and then he makes it real again by talking about how two, you know, versions of Kang are like complimenting each other on on their noses and 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 saying, "Yeah, man, nice nose." Like, you know, just <laughs> using using contemporary le- like slang and language uh, mixed in with everything else he's doing. Like it was, and you're right, it makes so much sense because someone who could perceive things because they're like in that way because they're fourth they're fourth dimensional being it makes sense for their language their dialect to be sort of all over the place and for their focus to be all over the place because there are moments in there where he's just like off with the fairies but in the best yeah. way and and did you I, i'm going to be crude as i want to but i can 
No, I almost shat myself when he when when we went over the threshold and there was no future, and he just absolutely pivots. I just went, oh fuck! I love that. (laughs) He doesn't know what's going on either, and we don't know what's going on. We're in the unknown. (laughs) Yeah, I I almost (laughs) shat myself. <laughs> it's very what, good. What do you reckon? Um, when that happened? Well, I, <laughs> well, I was conf- I was confused. Like I was I was transfixed and really engrossed in what was happening, but at the same time I was confused because, um, while we have this gorgeous, like, one ca- one camera just slowly going panning in on him, zooming in on him and then coming out again. Like, the camera doesn't cut away. This entire time he's having this freak out about crossing the threshold, there's no cutaway to Loki and Sylvie at all. Like, we don't see their reaction to what he's reacting to. Um, And I love Mm. that. I love that that Jonathan Majors holds your attention. Um, And he's not even saying anything. He's just kind of, like, he's like, He's leaning forward on his desk. He's got his little temp pad thingy. Um, you know, he's balancing it in front of him so precariously. And you're just, you can feel the tension in the air and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Um, and then he's like, you know, we've crossed the threshold. I don't know what's going on. And then, but the, I, and I fucking loved all of it. It was so good. But the part that confused me was the fact that just because they've crossed the threshold into the unknown future of time, I suppose, um, or this point beyond the end of time or where time ends that he know all that he knows up till yeah. um, why why does the timeline start to branch because we see it we go out we cut outside and then we see the timeline start to like not drastically no, branch no, no. but branches are beginning but branches are beginning to form why okay uh, I do have theories and this is also takes place okay. of what what happens throughout the entire entire MCU. Um, this particular timeline is being it goes around in circles, and it's just it's at that point it's just done one rotation, and okay. so at that point something has to happen for it to start start again. So this. So okay. at this particular scene, something has to happen. Either something something new and then it keeps on going or something different. That's why it's starting to split. Because it because okay. it's not sure of what what's happening. It's because it's it's all up to either what Loki or Sylvie does. And yeah. so that makes and sense. So, okay. And so and so um he who should not be oh, fucking Kang, whatever. It's it's one syllable word. Uh, <laughs> Kang variant, uh, old Kang, old Kang, Kang variant uh, has been has been doing this for one rotation of however how long the t- timeline starts from the start to the end. So he just he made the t- the time variant at the start of the t- timeline starting, and so it's done one full rotation. And now it's it's slowing down and it's stopped and it needs to do something. 
And so we get our ending where no one's in charge because there's no one... Well, essentially, the only person who was... Okay, I'm getting confused myself, but... Um, <laughs> the t- uh, This Kang variant stopped other timelines from branching out of this timeline. But now he's gone. Spoilers. There's now another Kang. Spoilers. <laughs> for the ending. Uh, that decides, you know what? Fuck it. I want all the timelines going on at once. So, so everything... And so where we find Loki, I know I'm jumping to right at the end, we're, we're starting with Loki going back to the t- to, to the timeline and it's starting all over again. But now there's a different Kang and he's in charge. So it's a factory reset. Oh. The TBA had a factory reset okay. and that's why Morbius doesn't know who, who Loki is. Oh. Yeah. Okay, that's a theory. That's a theory I hadn't I hadn't heard yet. Yeah, this okay. is a theory that I had because it sort of goes off of what I was th- thinking last time. So, it's all yeah. it's all up to interpretations. But this is what I think because first time I saw Loki go back and and uh, confront Morbius and 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 Hunter B fifteen numbers and <sighs> Hunter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know the main hunter, the one that we know, um, doesn't know who he doesn't know who he is. I I thought he actually landed into an alternative um, uh, timeline. That's what I think's happened. That's what yeah. I that's what happened. I. Uh, there's there's two ways of going about two ways of going about it, and I don't know which one it is. But the way I see it is actually um, the TBA has done a done a full uh, has done a factory reset, and it's it's going all re- around again, or. Yeah, Loki has fallen into one of the cracks of a different um, TBA that didn't have this Loki t- time variant in that particular t- timeline because it's a different timeline. So it could be it could be either way, but the way I see it, I think there's there's probably going to be only one TBA, and so so it's just done a fa- factory reset, and now Kang the okay. Kang the Conqueror is in front. Okay, well, that makes sense in terms of... Because what I was trying to figure out is because at the start of the show, they make a point of saying that the TVA exists out of outside of yes. time. Um, it, it's not on the sacred timeline. Um, so for it to then have alternate realities means it needs to be on some kind of timeline. It can't exist outside of time, right? If it was to be, you know... The way I'm thinking... If, if there were to... if yeah, if there were to be alternate realities, then I, it, it has to be it has to be inside of time. It can't be outside of it, or right? it's in a completely different dimension, and it's traveling it, it's traveling it in its own time timeline. Because yeah. the way that the um, he who remains said um, realities are stacked on top of each other, and he's yeah. only, and he yeah. only convert it to one. So. And there's a lot of theories of where the TBA and, and uh, TBA is is in that um, in the in the in the in the in our, mm, in, uh, in in the, the quantum, quantum realm. realm. Uh, I was trying to think pim particles, but that's not right. 
in the quantum in the quantum world. It's and close. I'm think and I'm thinking uh, Ant Man and the Wasp and in Quantum Mania is pro- probably going to probably give us a definitive answer if the TBA is in the quantum realm or it's going to be a different timeline altogether. And hopefully we're going to see different variants of uh, Owen Wilson as Morbius and then we're going to be more cartoon, yeah. uh, get more comic book accurate and there's going to be like a bunch of Morbius as, yeah. as, as, yeah. as um, variant leaders. So, Yeah, that would be cool. Um, okay, so, so you're thinking it could still... You could still have alternate TBAs, you think? At this present time, I'm not sure, but I'm more leaning towards there's only one. Otherwise, it gets really too confusing. Even for, it, yeah, well, even I really, for an audience. Yeah, well, I really like this idea of it doing a factory reset. I think that makes a lot of sense. Because my thought was literally that because... Uh, because because the citadel is at the end of time and exi- it as we see it clearly exists outside of the the sacred timeline. It's seeing, it's sort of so seeing in, if, like where the castle is. Yeah. It's seeing in where the t- timeline is. So it's it's sort of sitting. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of sitting there, just looking in. So it's not really part of anything, and that's and that's exactly. why when the timeline finished. Uh, we get to have another scene between between the three in the Citadel instead of it stopping altogether because there's no time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But what I was... Yeah, what I was saying is, I think, like, what I, my thought was, was the fact that, yeah, the Citadel exists, you know, outside of the timeline because it's looking into it, looking at it, like you said. Um, the reason Loki ended up in an alternate TVA is because... You know, as far as Sylvie was aware when she, you know, zapped him through it, she was sending him to the TVA. But because we now have a multiverse, she could send him to a a different TVA without meaning to yeah. because now, now multiple ones exist. And because they're outside of time, they're not going to go back just to one. They're gonna go back. They can from that point outside of time. They can go to any time line, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that's kind of how yeah, I was thinking there, about. That it. is a possibility. Like there's there's yeah, a, yeah. There's probably a two way street. Either one's right and either one's wrong, and I don't know. And we don't yeah. know which. I just more favor the other one be, we'll because. Find out. Um, uh, yeah. I, no, I like, I like the, the idea of it being a complete loop, and it doesn't really, and it doesn't yeah. really affect the um, sort of time travel theories that they sort of built in uh, in uh, Infinity War. No, in Endgame, where they go back in time and and everything is still going on in one in one loop, and you can't really cha- change yeah. much. Yeah, except for the end of time, no. where you can have an ending. Exactly like Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very Planet of the Apes, wasn't it? Um, but before we we get to the end, um, I wanted to mention Folia's thoughts um, on the you know Kang's exposition. She said uh, the little animation of the story being told by He Who Remains on his desk was really mm. cool. 
after telling the story and explaining what would happen if they kill him and then giving them the option to take over that moment when he who remains stops talking and looks worried slash confused, chilling. So that's the crossing the threshold moment I think she's referring yeah. to. Uh, Folia, Folia goes on and says, the music that just slowly builds and then stops. Then he says that he no longer knows what will happen from that second. I was confused. And then we see the timeline branching off outside the building they are in. Love that. The CG here is beautiful. The look on Loki's face after Sylvie says it's just another manipulation. You can tell that Loki believes he who remains before he even says it. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, very well said, Fulia. Um... Yeah, let's 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 get into let's get into the Loki and Sylvie mm. of this this episode because that is the kind of the the crux of this whole thing as we you've already alluded to the whole the the fact that like he like he who remains our Kang variant has no idea what's going to happen and the timeline starts a branch because the Lokis need to make their decision. Can I posit another theory? Why was Kang had Kang just decided he didn't want to stay in charge anymore was he just like i either i die or you two take over like he couldn't just keep doing this i mean he said he yeah. was old and it, the game is for the young and technically he is human i mean living living alone yeah. like for for eons without aging or even getting sick or dying it probably do, does take a toll and um he, he i i I do like the analogy of what people have been saying on the internet that it's sort of like the Willy Wonka sort of thing. He, oh yeah, totally. And I was right about um, Loki needed to take the tesseract so he can actually plant himself in in into the thing, and he he gets to the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, if it weren't for the Avengers, and apparently that was a, a the right thing to do, <laughs> it, the right thing to do of going back in time to get the Infinity Stones, and oh no, it was Loki's fault. For that. It's like that didn't really make sense to me way back when. It's like nah, that's that's fucked up, fucked up. And obviously, yeah. it, it's it now it and makes now sense. it's it's meant to happen because you know the and the and the um Kang variant, the uh, he who should he he who remains actually plant um sees that and plant planted that. So, so he gave them the choice, and either, yeah, he gave them the choice, and they chose wrong, even though morally, um, even though morally, if they didn't choose, that means it will be another another rotation of people not having free will, and everything's planning out for them, and how is that democracy and and stuff like that. So it's definitely a huge conundrum. Yeah. It is a huge conundrum. Um, and I love the way that the episode, A, makes us see both sides of the argument and also makes us understand why each character chooses the path they yeah. choose. Um, yeah. It's very, very well done. Um, I just want to read Fulia's thoughts on this, on this, uh, on the all the Loki and uh, Sylvie stuff. She says... I had a feeling Sylvie didn't trust Loki. She had a different motive to Loki, even if Loki's motive has changed since the start of this season, hers has not. The battle sequence of them fighting and trying to have a conversation was great. It was like a tug of war between <laughs> them and the emotion coming from Loki, wow, 
Tom Hiddleston, what a performance. Applauds. <laughs> yes, well said, Folia. Um, yeah, I I loved this kind of... She's right, it's like a tug of war uh, between the two of them. And I it broke, like, it broke my heart a bit that, that, that Sylvie, you know, immediately, as soon as Loki's like, hang on, maybe we should think about this, Sylvie's like she's so in like she can't see outside of her vengeance right that she she cannot see that Loki's actually trying to be legitimate and be like hang on let's let's this is a huge decision he's like the entire everything we've ever known to be true the whole universe depends on what we do next so we need to think this through um and immediately she's just like it's another con it's a game I should never have trusted you. You just want a throne, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it's just it, that whole discussion between the two of them. And I loved the way they both played it, especially Tom. You know, that there's that great moment where he's, you know, he kind of lets himself, like, like lets the, the realization of what she's saying hit him. And he's like, oh, okay. You really, you think, you really think that of me? Evil Loki's master plan coming, you know, coming together now, like, you know, just, I, I, I really, really enjoyed that whole thing, um, and how, and then how it's kind of summarized when, when Sylvie's like, why aren't we seeing this the same way, and, and, uh, Loki just says, because you can't trust, and I can't be trusted, like, he's still willing to admit that he can't be trusted, because he's, Loki, I mean, he's Loki. He's a Loki for one, and he's you know only recently kind of come to this moral, you know, mor- you know moral correct ground to stand on. Of like, you know, I you know I I can be trusted, but you know it's still way too early in the game. But it's interesting too the fact that last week Sylvie said to to Loki like when all you know when all this is done when it comes down to it. Can I, can I trust you? Are you going to betray me? Um, and Loki, you know, told her, no, no, I'm not going to. You know, I, that's not who I am anymore. I'm not that person. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I don't want any of that stuff anymore. And I, you know, you can trust me sort of thing. And immediately she's just like, nah, I don't trust you. Um, yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, and then the fight scenes between them were, were, were wonderful. Um, really cool choreography and just the way that, you know, Loki was still trying to beg with her to stop. Like, I'm not going to fight you. I don't want to hurt you. All this stuff. And she's just like, you know, well, kill me now. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, Mike, did what did you think of this kind of fracturing of, of Loki and Sylvie's relationship? Yeah. Um, very, very Shakespearean on how, how it sort of ended. Yeah. Where... Instead of having the big fight between good and evil, it's it's a fight between uh, different different dilemmas and different um, ideological ideologies, like like going at it and and um, things are happening. It's 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 bigger than the both of them. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like in the back of my head, I sort of, sort of knew that where where things were going, and because we have a we we have Doctor Strange and the and the multi- multiverse of madness, so we sort of knew what is going to become of it. So, 
I sort of, sort of guess that, yeah, he's probably going to die at Sylvie's hand. It's like, but how? It, it's always the how. And yeah, I don't know if Sylvie w- was going to kill Loki and then... Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't quite sure of what what was going to happen, but I did. I did enjoy the conundrum. If that, if that, yeah. if that's a, if that's a thing, it's like, I, I yeah. enjoy being sad, <laughs> and, and being heartbroken <laughs> at these two characters that we that we that we've seen together. Yeah, yeah, it was really uh, emotional, um, and. Yeah, I um I just wanted to before we we talk about the kind of culminating moment of of the two of them. Um I saw or a friend, I think a friend shared this with me. Um and I kind of kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um in episode 3 in Lamentus, you know, the one episode that a lot of a lot of people didn't really enjoy because it kind of sidestepped and slowed things down but I loved it. Um, there's an exchange of dialogue between Loki and Sylvie uh, where Loki says, um, your years in the making plan was to tear the place down, create the ultimate power vacuum and then just walk away. I'd have never done that. And then Sylvie says, yeah, well, I'm not you. Um, and that's in episode three. And then here, in in you know in our final episode of the season we basically have this kind of actually happening yeah. where you know where where um Sylvie gets to her final boss fight and uh you know kills uh he who remains you know the person in charge creating a power vacuum because you know he said someone either i die or someone, or you guys take over. Um, and then at the end, she's just kind of left with, you know, uh, you know, it's essentially walking away in a, in a sense, because it's like, what the hell is she going to do now? She kind of just breaks yeah, down. Yeah, she doesn't and, walk away. She just, it, it's just kind of left there. She just collapsed to the floor. She collapsed to the floor. But the big thing, buyer's regret. big thing about this, yeah, literally, buyer's remorse straight away. But the the big thing about that, the, dialogue that I think foreshadowed this was the fact that she says, yeah, well, I'm not you. Now, in the episode, we we get one last final moment of begging from Loki where he's just like, stop, stop, stop. Um, and, you know, he's trying to get through to her. And it, for a moment, we think it happens because, you know, he's, he's like, you know, I don't want a throne. I just want you to be okay. Um, which... I I was like, oh my god, please don't kill him. I was that whole time. I was I was stressed. I was like, she's gonna she's gonna shank him with with her bloody sword, and I'm gonna cry. Um, but that thankfully didn't happen. Instead, what I didn't think was gonna happen actually happened, and uh, Sylvie kissed Loki. Mm. We had we had the kiss. The kiss happened. Holy shit. Um. But you know, uh, as 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 wonderful for me as that was, um, it then immediately went straight to heartbreak because Sylvie says, "But I'm not you." Um, and then that's when you know she zooms Loki away back to the TVA. Which TVA we don't know yet. Um, 
But yeah, uh, it was just heartbreaking. Yeah. Heartbreaking. For the first time, Loki's like finally putting all his cards on the table, you know, letting himself just kind of feel something, have not be alone. He doesn't want to be alone. And, you know, and he's trying to tell her, you know, kind of how, what maybe what he was going to tell her before he got pruned in episode four, you know, just, I, I don't know how to do this, but I, I know I care about you and I want you to be okay. And, you know, I'm with you and all of that stuff. Um, and we've got it here in this episode. He's finally doing it. And then she uses that against him and betrays him after she said, you, I, please don't betray me last week. Here we are. Here we are, you know, hours later in terms of the story. And she's betraying him using his feelings and trust against, against him. Um, and I was in tears. I was a mess. Um, but it was very, very well done. Um, Mike, what, what were your takeaways on this on this moment, like kind of culmination of their their romance. I yeah. Guess. Um, when you said um, she she betrayed him, it, it definitely is a a point of view because she feels that Loki did betray her. For well, that's for yeah, stopping, true. That's stopping yeah. her from uh, getting her glorious purpose of her main goal. Yeah. Of. Of stopping yeah. whoever is in charge of the TBA because she's righting a wrong that she has lived all her life. Yeah, 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 and it's like I mentioned earlier with the parallel between Ravona and mm, Mobius, mm. and now Sylvie and Loki. It's the same. It's the same thing. You're right. From each perspective, they all they think the other betrayed the other, yeah. sort of thing. And and she had uh, she yeah, and when she kissed him. Um, maybe for the purpose. I'm just putting it out there. Maybe for the purpose to for her to flip him around so so she can grab the um the wizard watchy thingy and then and then said bye bye. It's like that's a bit tricky for a Loki, and she says she's not a Loki. Hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't. I don't know. We still don't know why Sylvie goes by Sylvie. We still don't know why she, do, you know, why she doesn't refer to herself as Loki or a Loki. It's probably an alias. Um, but she, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she, she yeah. is one. Yeah, she is, she is one. Um, and on that, can I just read out a thing before I also read out Fulia's thoughts on this moment? Um, one of my dear friends, Ryan, uh, sent this to me because he and I are on the same page in regards to the uh, quote-unquote self-cest <laughs> uh, pe- people are complaining about. And I just wanted to read this out. Um, so, at uh, Cosmonaut Marcus on Twitter, who is a, he's a YouTuber, um, and I've watched, I watched his series review on Loki. Ryan shared it with me and it was actually really, really good. Um, but he tweeted about it and said, seen a lot of people claim Loki is problematic because of self-cest, quote unquote. And I would like to say right now that self-cest is not real Mm. and will never, and will never exist in our reality. Therefore it is not worth being upset about. Thank you. (laughs) I rest my case. Are you saying that science fiction is not real? (laughs) <laughs> Science fiction's not real? 
How dare I get say such a of, thing? Get how out of my I nerdy cro- corner. <laughs> and how I... How dare I cross How dare you dreams. say I can't speculate on if I if I'm if I'm attracted to my self variant. Oh, you can speculate on it. Just don't just it's don't fine. um twist yourself into knots about it. You know what? Yeah, like a, yeah, a lot of people have been getting getting on, you know. <laughs> unnecessarily high horses about about this whole thing and it's yeah it's a, it's gone a bit far um yeah i don't well, know well considering on the rick and morty episode we just watched yeah how come how come I it's know. very mainstream i know mm. you know game of thrones fucking and now <laughs> Rick and Morty has a canonical incest baby, giant incest baby flowing around the or- orbiter of the earth. <laughs> I tell you fucking what, when that came up in this week's Rick and Morty, I was like, my mind was just on Loki straight away. I was like, oh How did God. they know? What? Well, cons- considering they, they do have, um, uh, you know, riders that sort of, Go in between. Yeah, Michael Waldron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of one of the writers. Um okay. Fulia's thoughts on the kiss. Um she says the elephant in the room. <laughs> uh yeah, okay, they kissed. I feel like Sylvie took that opportunity to get Loki to lower his guard, hence Loki being kicked back to the TVA. And then killing he who remains, who will now be known as he who no longer remains for now. But <laughs> well said, but Fulia. his remains will be remained in the domain of the citadel. <laughs> and the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain. Yes. Well. All right, well Delilah. Done. Well said. Um. <laughs> Is it Delilah or Elsa? I can't remember. Uh, uh, I don't know. Is that? I'm too tired to think straight right now. Um, yeah, look, yeah, I loved, yeah, very well said, Fulia. I um, it, it's exactly right. Like, yeah, Sylvie, Sylvie took advantage of of uh, Loki's feelings for her, and yeah, so it's just, it's very, I don't know. There, there. I'm really excited to see where their dynamic goes from here, um, and how Loki views this because of trust being such a big thing in his development in this season. And this is a betrayal of trust in a way. So I feel, yeah, I, um, not even in a way it is. Um, I'm just very curious to see how he handles that going forward. Well, he did. I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, well, he did sit down for a bit. My God. Yes, he did. And boy, was I just tearing up. Like, Poor, yeah. Tom Hiddleston, man. Well done. What a performance. That just that just is close, like close up on him as he's like processing the whole thing. Poor. Oof. Mm. That's good. I, I, I was having many feelings. I was having many feelings. Um. All right. Before we wrap up, here's a couple of last things Folia has. Uh, she says the score throughout the episode has been brilliant. Such emotion. I loved it. You can feel the tension, the heartbreak, the vulnerability. 
Jeff's kiss, <laughs> she says. <laughs> um, and then she said, this whole episode had me on the edge of my seat. There were questions that got answered. And then there's the unanswered ones. I'm so glad we're getting a second season to see what happens next. I need to know. Excuse me while I clean up the room covered in my brains because it has officially exploded. Yeah. Uh, well said, Fulia. Very well said. Great notes. Thank you again. Lovely to hear your your thoughts. Um, lovely to have you here without you have, having you actually be here. Um, so that's awesome. Um, yeah, so, you know, it was a very very good twist at the end. You mentioned it earlier with with um, Loki ending up at this TVA that has either is either an alternate TVA or maybe actually is a, a factory reset TVA, which explains why Mobius and B fifteen have no idea who Loki is. And but that and then the, there's a statue of Kang there as well, um, and it's Kang because the 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 statue is wearing comic book yeah. accurate. Um, Kang the Conqueror outfit, so um, yeah, it was that was a really good like it was kind of heartbreaking again because it was like you know Loki was running all over the TVA to be like where's Mobius I got to find Mobius I got to tell him what's going to happen what's we and how badly we screwed up um, and then you know for it to, for Mobius to not even know who he is it was just very yeah wow um, yeah is good. I'm so glad we're getting a second season. I know you were you were like frustrated before the <laughs> the post credit scene of the announcement, but I was, I mean, I was in shock and I was upset and I was just I was letting the episode happen. But I was thinking in the back of my mind this whole time, I'm like, there is no way this is this is not getting a season two because there are so many plot threads unresolved, yeah. um, so many questions that need answering, and the only way to do that successfully would be a season two. So. When they announced it, it was yeah, it just felt like a no-brainer. Um, so I wasn't as frustrated as you you were. Um, I was just like, no, I think this is going to happen. But I wasn't expecting them to announce it the way they did in that mid-credit scene. It was very very good. Um, yeah, Mike, do you have any more thoughts before we wrap up, or or shall we conclude our epic discussion of Loki's epic final <laughs> episode? Um, well, I just had a a thought. Um, there are going to be multiple Kangs uh, coming out coming out of yeah. the ether, and it's so, sort of got me thinking. Well, if the theory of there's multiple TBAs, maybe there's going to be multiple TBAs run by multiple Kangs. So, and there's going to be some sort of uh, I don't know a multiverse war between between the two factions. Yeah, that, that could be season two. Um, if they go down that road, but I don't know, uh, are they going to go fucking balls to the wall crazy? You know, um, people have been shouting the, um, secret wars where, where different variants are actually attacking each other in the MCU as well. So the possibilities are endless and I'm all for it. Yeah. Just me too. Just, just make it more, just make not make it more exciting, just make it as exciting as it was for this episode, uh, for this episode and the and the entire entire run of Loki. Um, like I always knew, I was I was more excited about this one than the other ones because you know I have a I have a preference for my science fiction, and it definitely tickled my science fiction bubble, and it's still it's it's still going on, even though my big spew of of how of how this particular time 
time is working in this in this in this MCM. Yes. Yes. Very well said, Mike. Yeah. No, I'm the fact that Loki's done already is kind of surreal to me because I was waiting for it for so, so long. Uh two whole years. And then yeah, now it's done, season one. Um, yeah, and I'm yeah, I'm very biased, so take this as take this with a grain of salt, if you will, but this is my favorite mm. show so far. Um and not just because I love Tom Hiddleston and I love Loki so much just as a character, but um, I, f- in terms of what it's done, it's changed the it's changed the MCU more than any other show so far in Phase Four, more than any other th- anything in Phase Four, um, setting huge things up for the future. Uh, it was so unpredictable in a lot of ways. Didn't know. W- I mean, at the start of this, we were having theories about oh, Loki's gonna, you know be appearing in, in different spots in time and, and interacting with historical events. My God, <laughs> were we... We were but children. <laughs> we were but children then. Children's dreams. Oh, so funny. <laughs> Children's dreams. But I, I like you, Mike, love, love me some sci-fi. And um, yeah, just the concepts of this going in. And ta- I love time travel and alternate universes and stuff. So... It yeah, it ticked all the boxes for me, um, and yeah, I'm just I don't know. And One Division is still a close second, I think, because I really mm. did love One Division. Um, but um, be you know, Loki, I think was more solid and just yeah, just in terms of its ramifications for everything, it's just so epic. And I loved yeah, the I loved everything about yeah. it really. Um, I didn't yeah, didn't really have many problems with it at all. Um, just just perfect absolutely in my in my opinion yeah, yeah. i will say um uh, you are you are biased with your with your tom hiddleston love and oh, yeah. and, and loki i'm not yes. i'm yes. not uh, i'm not on that loki train but i do detest that this is this is a good tv show uh, despite despite the um loki and everything i think i think out I think yes. out of all the characters of the MCU, um, they definitely, definitely Loki and Wanda, the sort of character development that they that they do with these particular TV shows that I actually quite like. So, I don't know. Will will we enjoy Hawkeye as much? I don't know, but it's it's coming down the pipeline, and and um, I'm happy to say that I was right about Loki dying in every episode. Okay, when does Loki die in this episode? At the end. Explain. Morbius doesn't know who Loki is. That's a kind of death. <laughs> Sylvie betrays him, I suppose. He just gets his heart ripped out from him metaphorically, so yeah, I suppose. Yeah. The two yeah, to the two people he was he's now closest to. Ah, um, uh, dead yeah, to him. He's yeah. uh, uh, dead. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's a bit of a a bit of a stretch. Hey, I said in the third one. I, I said in the third one when when Sylvie says, um, she's not Loki because Loki is dead to her. So there you go. A, a dead name. So yeah. I stretched it true, that much. True, you did say <laughs> that. 
Okay. All right. I'll give it. I'll Yay. give it to you. I'll and I can't wait for it. the second second season, <laughs> and we can do this whole rigmarole all over again. Yeah, that'll be fun. Because <laughs> that's the one part. That's the one part of this journey that I like the most. <laughs> Looking for Mike's 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 uh you know quota of Loki death being hit. Uh, I'm just glad that you actually really like this show. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I know the truth. Wow, you can always find diamonds in in piles of shit. <laughs> is that is that a saying? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, it might be now. All right, I think that might do it for our epic discussion uh, on Loki episode six for all time, always. Ah, uh, no more Loki to talk about next week. What are we going to do? Um, but until then. Mm. Until then, mm. we have some things that we need yes. to plug. Um, for myself, um, of course, my non-scripted ramblings video about Loki, um, where I waffle on for a long time about everything. Um, I say some things in there I haven't said on the podcast, so please go check it out if you're interested. Um, the other really cool thing that happened this week um, was the fact that Deadpool and Korg got together to react to a um, trailer for Free Guy. <laughs> the multiverse is real, um, people! The multiverse is real! Um, and it was fantastic. Um, Mike, thank you, Mike, suggested I do a reaction video to it. Um, <laughs> and uh, so far, it's sitting on 468 views, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, yeah. So, so that's it, that was a lot of fun. So please go check that out. My rea- my reaction to their reaction. Um, yeah, it's it's fun on the YouTube. Um, and then in terms of podcasting, um, yes, uh, I don't know if people are aware of what I'm about to say and plug, but it has something to do with the cookie review. Um, <laughs> Wayne and I dropped a new episode of Free Watch. Oh? Uh, this week, yes, another fearsome Friday <laughs> took place, and we uh, reviewed uh, the classic Wes Craven horror. Oh, film. The Hills Have Eyes. And the Scream. No, 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 no. Ah, what could it be? Something different. What could it be? A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes yes talk about buyer's remorse um <laughs> no 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 we had a good time um reviewing that uh so please go check it out on all the podcasting things you can find fred the alien on um listen to wayne and i discuss that um and then that's it from me mike what, what have you got to plug? Well, I'm still doing my series of Rick and Morty's uh, reviews. Yeah, they're, do- they're going really well, man. I'm yeah, really I'm proud. I'm surprised, actually. It's awesome. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's really, great. really good. And uh, when you be listening to this, there will be the next one. Uh, next one out. Uh, what, was it? Episode, what, what am I up to? Episode four. So... Uh, the fifth episode will be out as soon as you listen to this, so remember to find find that on fa- on YouTube. Yes. And I would like to say thank you uh, 
anonymous Rick. <laughs> the, the 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 comment that sort of paid me out of saying, "Hey, you, 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 evil doer, you you copied Elvis the Alien," which is another YouTube channel that's very close to ours because we're Fred the Alien. This is evil uh, Elvis Alien. And they accuse us for copying, even though Elvis Alien has been around for about five years, and this cha- and the Freddy Alien channel has been around for ten. So, fuck you, and I hope you suck on a tailpipe, you piece of shit. But I said it in more polite, <laughs> in more polite terms of, thank you for your inquiry. As Fred has been making movies for over ten years on this channel and been called Fred the Alien for as long, I don't see how we copied another channel that looked. Uh, that looks uh, that looks like it's been around for five years. Thanks again for your input and keep on trucking. Yes, I, I did see that comment and I, I um, yeah, very, very well put and very, very nice to hear the, the you know, the anger translator version of it <laughs> on the podcast. And you, and yeah, <laughs> so I had, a, I had a very exciting week of learning... Yeah, yeah, you did. Of, of dealing with that shit and dealing with not being on a review uh, for for one of my favorite franchises, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and also moving in the middle of a lockdown where no one can help you, not even your wife who's 22 weeks pregnant and can't lift anything, so I'm lifting everything into the garage uh, and been slowly taking stuff to, uh, uh, to my sisters because our house hasn't been... Has, hasn't been given over to us, so we'll be homeless for a couple of days uh, because we have to vacate because another tenant's coming into this uh, into this house. So I had a river of a fortnight, and I am absolutely uh... over it. Ah, and it won't be stopping <laughs> until next Friday, which I'll be in. Uh, in a big shambles because I will not have work and I'll just be sitting on the couch for about 48 hours because I'll just be in comatose. <laughs> Dude, I am very sorry for your predicament, but it will, it will work out. It'll be fine. You'll get through it. I should have, I should have not watched Bo Burnham's Inside again. <laughs> you watched yeah. it again? I thought, you know, I'll just listen to it and then even listening to it is like I have high anxiety. Mm. Not good when you're yeah. me- and that is how the world yeah. works. <laughs> it's not a good one when your mental mental <laughs> state is in is in the pits. Nope. Uh, why do I do this nope, with myself? Not at all. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you know, you're going to be in your brand new house finally very soon. So that's very, Fuck very exciting. <laughs> yes. Damn straight. Yes. Yes. Good things on the horizon. Okay. Let's wrap up the show for another week. Another epic podcast. Let's do it. Ready? Uh, and a one. Uh, and a two and, that, and a three and that and that, that was a podcast, was a podcast called, called Fred, Fred. goody <laughs> <laughs> goody <laughs> 
Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Fred the Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Fred the Alien, you can go over to youtube.com slash fredthealienproductions.com Yeah! Oh. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I've been a Kendall Richardson. I've been a Fuller Katamache. And I've been a Michael Liston. And Lister. a Michael Liston. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just experience. A podcast, a podcast called, called Fred. Remember to eat beef. Freddy lives and Loki dies. <laughs> Thanks for listening, On everyone. On to season two. Season two. A hundred years. Bring back classic Loki. Yes, yes. More classic Loki, please. Richard E. Grant, come back. Be so good to see more of you in that wonderful yeah. costume. Who knows what they'll do? Who knows? It's going to be good. Mm. Can't wait. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank Bye. you, thank you. And... and scene. scene.